Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Is it really episode 15? Are we on episode 15 already? Yeah, maybe. Are you sure? No, maybe. I don't know. It depends on what numbers we've hit because <laughs> I think I labeled the episode we're recording tomorrow as 14 and this one's 15. It's either episode 14 or 15. All right. Continuity's all fucked up. It's okay. This is going in now. Um, I'm your host, Nave, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Philip. I'm not reading the rest. This has already gone on too long. Don't worry, I got you. Each pod will play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is the creme of co-op or something better off playing solo. So, Dave, we actually have a guest here in the studio with us today. Can you believe it? It's people just want to talk for some reason. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yep, it's our friend Rob. Robert? Rob? Yeah, you can just go with Robert. Although I will say, okay. uh, I love the intro as if there is like a you know, theoretical studio that we're all in, as if we're all kind of you know cooped up in the same place. <laughs> well, we are in a studio. This is the post-COVID studio. So, Robert, you actually are a fellow podcaster. Uh, you're from ASAP Weekly Pokemon, ASAP Weekly Rocket League, and ASAP Weekly Age of Empires? Yes, Age of Empires. You got it? Yes, got it? Yeah, I yeah. died there for a second. I am, yeah. No, so I, I do podcasts for all those uh, different shows. Although ASAP Weekly, I guess, is just the brand umbrella name on top of it. But yeah, Pokemon, okay. Age of Empires, Rocket League, you name it. Uh, I'm here, and my biggest curiosity is uh, what people who have never listened to me before will think of me, and then also, you know, people that do listen to my usual shows, if they come in and they listen to this show, they're going to be uh, interested in knowing whether whether I sound the same, whether I sound different. I don't know, maybe they'll change my opinion on me. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know, it depends on if you get a good edit or not. We'll see. I only edit good. So, since you have three different shows, and as every parent knows, you have a favorite child, which one is your favorite child? Wow, this, this, right off the bat? Unbelievable. Now it's gun in your hand. Someone's pointing a gun at you. Go and kill one of your kids, your least favorite. Oh, least favorite? That's deep. Wait, I'm not even, okay, I'm not even saying my favorite. I'm saying my least favorite. Yeah, that's rough. Amazing, amazing. Wow, okay, so I just want you to know that you've created a situation, all right? <laughs> that if people come in from my other shows to listen to this episode... I'm alienating two, or sorry, I guess alienating one of my audiences here. That's better than two. It's better than two. Don't worry, the gun's not loaded. That way they know <laughs> that you were going to shoot oh, them. Oh no! <laughs> they live and they know that they were the least favorite. They were, they know. <laughs> I'm going to get just... some root beer, you guys think about that. Oh, I love okay. that. I, lo I, love, I love how that's in there. Um, Alright, let's look at our choices here. Okay. Uh, what's your Rocket League rank? My Rocket League rank? Oh, yes, yes, hit me with that. No, I'm currently champ one, which... Um, if anyone who's ever listened to Rock League or listened to my main show knows that I'm currently in a spell of, I was Grand Champ before. Anyway, don't don't worry about it. I don't oh, want to no. get into that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're saying which one should I choose? I guess I should choose. Uh... Honestly, I I would be dishonest if I if I didn't say Rock League. I think Rock League is my favorite. Um, Dang. Your uh, favorite. Favorite. Yeah, I'm gonna go with favorite. I'm not gonna give you my least favorite. I actually like all the shows, but. <laughs> Uh, my my favorite, if you you know, gun to my head, is definitely the Rock League show. I think one of the biggest reasons is that my co-host on that show is one of you know my best friends right now. So I think I think that definitely helps. As to the the other two, okay, if I if I'll deem them that, I'm actually really enjoying the process because they're newer shows that just started up, you know, in the last couple of months. And so it's it's kind of a fun creative process because I'm just kind of playing around trying to figure out what's the best format and stuff. So I'm actually really excited to see where those go. But 
The one that I sit down and it's it's not like work. It's more just like chilling with a friend is, is definitely the Rock League one. Oh, gotta love the Firstborn. That's the one who's gonna yeah. get the farm when you die. But you, you hear that Rocket League? The other two are rising up. I just want everyone listening to know that I feel like this was a setup, okay? I didn't do this. This was all his idea. I that that shocked me. I did do the I did do the leaf favorite one though. Well, you know what I love though? I, I love how on the topic list it's just like, yeah, intro guest, you know, that's all they gave me and then they hit me <laughs> boom with like I, I love it though. It's a great question. Because I wonder if someone I made sure to answer it, okay? Because I know there's some people that wouldn't answer it, you know? And, yeah, that was good. Respect for that. But in some ways, it's kind of reversed because now I'm thinking that the in some ways, like I feel like the best promotion in this show will be for the other two shows. So, uh, you know, so much for that. Yeah, because now they have to fight to the death for you, for the love and affection. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it's a real competition, which uh, I've only played Rocket League once, and then I, I I didn't understand what was happening. The car was like flipping, and there was a soccer ball, and so I never made it past that point. But apparently, there's ranks, and people take it seriously, and Donkey plays it. That's all I know about Rocket League. I played uh, when it very... I was going to say when it first came out. I'm not even sure if that's right. But whenever it was on... What is PlayStation's equivalent of Games for Gold? It's I can't remember. Is it PlayStation G Pass. No, it's not. And uh, But whenever it came out for free on that, I was like... I played it for probably about three months straight. Just totally addicted, just like everybody else. And I don't know. I think I just got distracted by other games. Which is easy when you have a billion games to play. It's hard to play a competitive game for too long. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, that for me, it... I mean, I guess I'd have to go a little bit kind of into my history with, like, games in general. But uh, I usually tend to have, like, one game that I'm really competitive in. And so, you know, Rock League is currently... I mean, given that I have the podcast, it's it's kind of currently been the game that I am. Like, like a multiplayer game that I'm, you know, actively trying to be the best there ever was. Okay. Well, that's an awesome segue <laughs> into your co-op history. If you want to talk about any interesting moments that you'll never forget that'll always be in your memory uh specifically about co-op i love that i love that you gave me that segue because there was also a preamble about how you would be the one that was getting us off track and then here you are bringing me into track i literally i couldn't honestly i couldn't listen to anything else you said i was like oh keep this in my head keep it in there <laughs> oh god uh i love that um no when it comes to co-op i actually have very fond memories of co-op i think one of the things that i remember most for co-op games is I never owned an Xbox, right? Uh, which, whoop de doo I guess. I, I, don't know, I don't know how people react to that, but... Very badly. <laughs> when I was in, I guess, what you'd call senior year, all right, uh, last year of high school, um, we had this thing called a spare. Now, do both of you know what a spare is before I continue on here? A spare. Yes. Are you not from America? I am not from America, no. I am Canadian. Oh, that no. should have come up, Philip, <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I didn't know. I feel like that should have come up right away. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought. I thought. I thought you would know because I said university once instead of college because I know in the states they use college in colloquial speak. But anyway, uh, I'm a dummy, dumb. I don't even know what people call college anymore. Are you from Montreal? Uh, why? Why would you ask that? No, no, I'm not from Montreal. That's like one of the only cities I can name in Canada. Wow, I, I thought you were gonna make a joke about like French, but I do know French anyway. Uh, Ola. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Como estas? Yeah, we're talking French. That's actually where uh, Operation Tango Makers Clever Plays is from. Montreal. Plug Ooh. again. I'm on fucking fire right now. Amazing. All right, we'll stop interrupting you. All right, so co-op games. Co-op games. No, I have very fond memories. So essentially there was one class in my last year that I didn't have to take because I already had all the classes I needed. Um, so that's a spare. It's like a class that you literally didn't have okay. to go to. Uh, I guess, like, the equivalent is maybe study hall, but it's not even study hall, because, like, literally, 
We left for lunch. Okay, so my friend of mine essentially left for lunch every single day. Every other day, because it'd be a weird alternating schedule. But pretty much, I'd have a lunch and then an extra period where I didn't have to be in school, right? And because we were, like, pretty much adults, like, they don't really care if we went off away from our high school, which is really cool. And so we'd go eat lunch, and then we'd play Halo Reach. Um, and so my fondest memory of co-op is essentially I beat the co-op campaign for Halo Reach with him over that, like, semester in school. Every day we just go and we play it. And it's the only Halo campaign I've beaten, uh, which, you know, a lot of people might be like, oh, uh, Halo, but... That just means uh, you got more to play in the future. It, you know yeah. what? You're Dude. right. You're right. I should get the, the... It gets better. It gets better. But, no, I think I think what I, it was really fun for me, because it was, like, a really cool, like, we just chill, we hang out, um, we eat lunch, uh, and just became part of the routine. Especially when you're getting, like, the senioritis, you know, you're kind of kind of over school. You're... Yeah, I get you. It, oh, it, was, yeah. it was a nice uh, break, and, and kind of... It actually it, it actually made me really enjoy that last, like, little bit of high school. So, yeah. Good. That's pretty wholesome. So that series will probably always be attached to the feeling of almost being done with school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After the graduation, you know, all these people were, like, hugging, taking photos. I'm like, I, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> got to go play some Halo Reach, am I right, boys? Halo Reach, yeah, no, no. That, that's yeah. the Halo Reach stuff, but, yeah. Oh, okay. Understandable. We got, got other stuff to do. Got to play some uh, Rocket League. That was not... <laughs> it's so funny, because, like, I did not play Rocket League before 2019, so... Uh, I do, I do find that great. When did it come out? It came out in 2015, so it came out. Almost oh my god, it's so ago. old. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, was it that? Well, I guess I did play it on PS3, didn't I? Damn. Yeah, and it was Sarp before, right? Uh, super acrobatic, whatever. I'm not sure. That, that was like the the precursor to it. But uh, no, I, it's kind of funny because I I feel like I'm the antithesis of Rocket League. I feel like my journey in like esports and video games is actually like everything that a Rocket League player now is not at all related. I think most Rocket League players now, just because the age of Rocket, it's like they played Fortnite and now they tried out Rocket League. Like, that is the usual thing. And I'm kind of more of, uh... yeah, so I got really into StarCraft in 2010 like, and then esports. And then I went really crazy into it. And then I played League of Legends. So I, like, totally went the MOBA route. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, then I did Hearthstone. Then I did Overwatch. And then I got to Rocket League. So Rocket League seems really kind of off base. But I found that. Yeah, by the way, I was, like, really competitive in a lot of games. Like, in Hearthstone, I was top 300 in North America at one point. So there was always, like, games. I'm like, Jeez. it was never at the point it was professional, but it was also, like, to a point where I'm like, I definitely want to be as good as I can, and I like competing in tournaments and stuff. So, so like, all the things that I did were kind of related to it. Uh, and then based off of Overwatch, I actually was in, in charge of a university club, like, with, like, 300 people. And it was an esports club in the university. It was a newly made esports club. And so I actually found Rock League that way because... I, I was making a whole bunch of new... Like, I was getting, like, coaches and captains for all these games and dealing with 17-year-olds that bought a jersey and didn't want to pick it up. Uh, <laughs> but that's kind of where I found Rock League, and then we started a podcast. Although, the first podcast was actually not a Rock League podcast. It was a game called Artifact, which uh, nobody knows about or cares about. Or if they do know about it, they're probably in the Dota community. I just remember the reveal when it was on the screen. It's like Artifact, and everyone's like... Oh! <laughs> I was like, oh no. Dude. I think that reveal could definitely just summarize the, the span of that game. But it was still a building block required for me to even do podcasts. So I don't actually really have much respect for that game. I think it was a fun and ingenious concept. I don't think it was executed successfully. I don't really have like a, you know, heartstrings attached, but I think without it, I wouldn't have really gone into podcasting. So yeah, we know. can talk about trading card games forever and League of Legends, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, We usually do. 
League of Legends was my shortest time period. Uh, okay. But well, who was your main? Just to cut it cut it short. Okay. Uh, you better not say like Zed. It's funny because for a second I forgot, and then immediately I was I remembered everything. I usually play Tristana. Okay, that's uh, respectable. But my other like, if I didn't get bought, right? If I didn't get ADC, I don't. I, people are gonna think you know something about this, but Trindamir, that was my top go-to pick. That's not bad. That was my. Know. So when I first started playing that game, I've already told the story. I'll say it, make it short. But the first time I started playing this game, I basically was being forced to, and they told me to play Trindamir because he couldn't die, and so it'd be easy for me and so to learn, which is not true at all. Yeah, I don't think Trindamir is a. Uh... Like it, it seems easy, but it's not. It's not. You gotta know when to ult. You gotta know. Gotta know. And just positioning is everything with that little wacky thing he's got. For sure. All right, so. Go for it. All right, so. You're the all right, so guy. I did. I thought it wasn't ever gonna happen. So. So we like video games here. Nave, you like video games, right? No, I don't. Okay, so what have you been playing lately? Um, I've been playing Mass Effect 3, I finally beat it, fi- got all the achievements and everything on the whole Legendary Edition. It's finally over, I actually cried a little bit. Who is your love interest? Uh, Liara, again. I did it the oh same way as the last w- time. Where's Rex? <laughs> Rex. Rex was, uh, leading the Krogan, man. He was, he had his own, he had his own shit to do. Alright. But, uh, Liara, man, the ending of Mass Effect 3, I'm not gonna spoil it since the game came out again, but I was in my emotions, man. And if you if you stick like I stuck with Liara the whole way through, I didn't ma- I didn't even romance anyone in the second game, and so I was like Liara is my girl, and I know that, so I'm not even gonna kid around. I'm not even gonna play myself. But yeah, oh, I remember so much hate for the game, and playing it again, it's it's so good. I'm so glad they remade it so that more people can experience it. I I'm I can't even put it into words. Which uh, listeners at home, in case you haven't played it, uh, it's a dating simulator that's based on Star Trek. Where you just kind of hook up with aliens. Yeah, there's some guns and stuff you do, but a whole lot of uh, blue titties. Anyway, uh, what are you playing, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Because now i got to keep that silence in. Fuck. Stop doing that. Okay. So, uh, I just, I've just i been playing like 30-minute intervals of GTA, where I'm, I'm studying. i got like two tests tomorrow. So, I'm like, okay, I can take a quick break for 30 minutes. And I'll play some, some uh, GTA. And it's got it all. It's got like kind of like Grand Theft Auto Five, the new one. There's there's more than one. I don't know the other ones. Not important. But this one, I mean, it's got Boys in the Hood. It's got kind of um, I don't know how to describe it. Almost like a diehard mentality of yeah, this old white dude who's driving cars through windows and stuff. And then it has this crazy redneck Trevor. I don't even I can't describe him. Like I don't even know what it, what he's going on with. He's, he's a sociopath. Yeah, he's he's a he's a dead rising psychopath. That's the only way I can describe him. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is his I, it, for anyone listening now. This is his first time playing through GTA V's campaign. So yeah, it's apparently it's a big deal. I I can see why people like it. I plan on playing more of it when I have more time. Uh, you go you go first, yeah. Yeah, Bug Fables. You talked about it last week, I think, or the week before. Uh, I picked it up. It's all fucking coming together now. And it is also really good. I've played maybe, I think, two hours of it in my limited game time. And I would play more, but I just don't have the time. So I'm just slow playing it. But the music is good. The aesthetics are so cute. Those little bugs, I love them. Which this game, again, if you if we're just jumping in this one episode, this is like a Paper Mario ripoff, like a clone. 
but uh, it's very it looks very competent from what I've seen, which is not at all really anything. Wait, I th I thought this one was the <laughs> no, I don't worry. I was gonna say something dumb. Just keep going. We don't have time for this. Anyway, uh, Death's Door just came out as we're recording. This fucking probably like a week or two old. Whenever we get done, I don't know when this. I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm in a fever dream. Um, Death's Door is amazing. It's like a Legend of Zelda meets Dark Souls kind of game. I'm talking about 2D Legend of Zelda, like A Link to the Past. And it's so charming. You play as like a little crow with a sword. How he holds it, I don't know. Um, I assume really hard he holds it. Well, you go around, you're trying to collect souls. You're like a reaper. Like, Philip told me some stuff about crows having souls and or crow, something. I don't know. I don't I don't keep track of any of this stuff. You sound like a crazy person right now. <laughs> this game. I, I have to say, that game's aesthetic is unbelievable, just the way it starts, because it's, like, super, super dark, and then you just see this red. Is it red, the sword? Yeah, the sword's uh, very red. That's around. Yeah. No, I, I caught a little bit of Day 9 playing it. But, yeah, no, right away, I think one thing that, like, really stands out in games is when they can, like, hit you with an aesthetic that you're like, this is like artistically beautiful so even mm -hmm. even if the game is you know it's a really good game but even the game's complete trash like you're gonna enjoy just being there like being in that environment i think it does that very well which the environmental design the artist uh the guy who's the mu musician whoever's doing all the sound effects and everything they deserve a raise like i'm really getting hardcore bastion vibes like not that the game is similar to bastion which it kind of is a little bit but like how bastion just put their company on the map i think it's super giant that's probably wrong but um it put that studio on the map and they just recently are releasing hades onto the consoles that's their most recent game and that game just got unanimous praise and glory and i'm so excited to play that game as well this is like the year of the indies for me right now i'm i'm playing through so many awesome indie games and death store is just another one of them like if you just go on to twitch and just watch anyone play for a little while just listen to the atmosphere hopefully it's a guy who's not talking too much like when i was playing it on twitch just for philip to watch i was talking non-stop so he probably didn't get to hear a damn thing that was happening but it was beautiful and uh yeah uh, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. So let's talk about uh, what Robert's playing. Was Robert? Yeah. So Rob, do you like video games? Do I like video games? Yeah, I like video games. All right, what you been playing then? What I've been playing? I've been playing, uh, you know, Let's Go Eevee, which I feel like I definitely, this is the wrong time to be playing this game. Like, you know, three years after release or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's like three new Pokemon games now or about to be. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. At least three at one time. Well, okay. Here's the thing with Pokemon games. I feel like there's only like two times a year that I'm like I'm really into just sitting down playing Pokemon games. If that makes sense. Like I kind of go through yeah. waves. Mm. But now that I do a podcast on it, I'm kind of playing more than I than I and usually do. Right. Like usually I go through waves where I really enjoy playing Mega, and then I'm like I'm good, you know. But because of this, I've kind of been playing more of them. Uh, but the reason that this game sticks out is that I think aesthetically, I just love the art honestly 100 percent, i agree it blows me away like we're gonna do a revisit to like sword and shield on the pokemon podcast but like it makes me more mad at sword and shield like this is all this game does is it makes me like what did they do in sword and shield because it does not look like this and this is way better but yeah no i i've been playing a lot through that game have you played pokemon snap the new one no i didn't play pokemon snap no <laughs> i've been watching my old lady play it and she's playing on and off she our switch is like an animal crossing machine but occasionally she's like, I want to take pictures of Pokemon. And that game looks so fluid. And like what you were saying, how the game looks really good, uh, Let's Go Eevee. It's been so long since I've seen her play that game. But when she plays Pokemon Snap, I always, I'm always looking over her shoulder and like going, man, this it's smooth. It, it looks like it probably is running at 60 frames or at least higher than 30. 
everything's just jumping around being full of life and stuff and it reminded me of how i used to see the n64 pokemon snap like i'm like this is what my child brain was seeing They're so alive it looks so great and now i look at youtube videos i'm like this is looks disgusting <laughs> what i'm looking at <laughs> do you ever find when you when you like look at the older games you're like if i were to try to get a kid into them like there's no way you know what i mean yeah that's what we uh, talked about in ocarina of time mm. we were like go play the new 3ds version and it won't look like complete trash we were also emulating it on the pc and it was <laughs> there were problems to say the least we had we were modding our character models and stuff good times so what would be like your shining light in let's go eevee that's kind of keeping you there not jumping onto like shield or sword okay well i've I completely played through sword and shield and i'm good with that game uh, i had to, to give me like a one second rundown of sword and shield before i continue with eevee here yeah um i had way more fun once i beat the game of catching all the Pokemon. Let me put it that way. Uh, so that's that's my one second rundown of that game. Yeah, for Let's Go Eevee, um, it's I think like for for me, I missed the like Pokemon Go phase, and so I think I have a kind of unfair appreciation for this game. Everyone like I think anyone who played or who plays uh, you know Pokemon Go would kind of just like look at this game and be like, why would I do this? I, I'll just play Pokemon Go instead, right? Or you've literally already, already played Pokemon Go for a year. Uh, and now there's no there's no real reason you'd want to do that. But for me... Yeah, we got swept up in that typhoon yeah, whenever it first came out. Yeah, for me, I completely missed that. So this game is perfect for me because essentially I get to play like the trainer battles, which is the fun part of Pokemon. Yes. And I have this mini game for catching Pokemon, which I think is kind of fun. If, even if it's not like, you know, comparatively, like you might not say it's like the most amazing thing in the world. I much prefer that loop than, than random like random encounters if that makes sense and like trying to that annoying like okay i got to get them to low health and like throw a pokeball because that's only fun when it's like some legendary that there's a three percent chance okay but any other part in the game yeah. you're just like oh, why do i have to hit it twice and then throw a pokeball like i'm not really yeah like i, I have more fun doing this thing essentially <laughs> which did you guys fucking know i saw this shit on twitter in like pokemon blue and red and yellow if you use cut when you're standing in tall grass it fucking cuts the grass no, I didn't know that till I saw another post on Facebook about it, and I was like, "How long has this been a thing?" Did you? And then underneath the post, did it have a whole bunch of assholes going, "I love seeing Pokemon newbies." Oh, you're. I knew about that. Yeah. I was like, "What? I fucking I played that game probably a hundred times. I played every generation, and I didn't know that." I really love that they do that in the original games. Like that just seems so. Like somebody literally had fun just being like, "Yeah, people people might find this, people might not, but this is cool." You know. Unless that's an elaborate troll and I fell for it because obviously I don't have Pokemon Yellow anymore so I didn't try it out. I just went, hmm, interesting and then like, why would they lie on the internet and then went on with my day. Oh, the oh fact that God. you said Twitter and Facebook in the same sentence does kind of, you know, raise my suspicions. <laughs> gets, the, gets the noggin jogging. What were we... Oh, I did it again. What so, were we talking about? Pokemon Let's Go. If we could bring it back to co-op, have you played co-op in, in the Let's Go game? I have not, but I think your, like, explanation, because I, I, I did tell you, like, I listened to episode five yeah. where you talked about it briefly. Um, I think you're totally right. I think the reality is that co-op in this game, w this game was not designed for co-op, and they added it as a bonus feature, right? Yes, um, 100%. And I think that's okay, but when you're looking at co-op games that you actually kind of remember or, or are drawn to, or co-op games where it's specifically designed for co-op, this is not a game. This is a game that it's like, if there's another person in the room, you can't play co-op, but it's it's not designed for it, okay? it's not, I think it's designed for single player, and it's just like this bonus feature that's added on. 
one thing that it makes me think of that another Twitter I've been on Twitter like all day today but um, another Twitter post was talking about it was like a father who had like an eight-year-old son and they were playing Sea of Thieves and he it's like you're the captain son where do you want to go and he'll be like over there and they'll go to like an island and they'll just walk around on the island and the kids just like wow this is cool and they'll just go somewhere else and it kind of makes me think of that experience like it probably is there so that you can have your kids sitting there playing consequence free also it makes me think of another game called child of light by i was gonna say by ubisoft it was published by them i don't know who the developer is off the top of my head but they have a uh, co-op mechanic where there's like a little cute light bulb thing you know the obligatory cute thing in the indie game but whenever you have a whenever you have a second controller plugged in you can control that little bright bright thing and you can go over there and you can stun the enemies it's a turn-based rpg but there's like a time system so you can see your turn coming on the bottom of the screen or the top or whatever if you shine your light on it it slows them down to like half speed so that basically you get two turns instead of just one at a time and it's like consequence free co-op gaming where you can play with somebody who doesn't have the ability to fully play and engage in a game like you can't play gears of war 3 with this person because you're just going to be miserable but you can be the little light bulb that shines on this thing and then i go yay you did it and they're happy because you know you're happy right this reminds me of like games like prince of persia or um, mario odyssey even right where it's it's like there and it's 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 definitely related to it, right? Like the co-op, at the very least, it feels like the co-op, they put some thought into it, okay? They didn't just throw it in, all right? Let's go, let's go, Eevee. It's definitely like, we're just gonna add this in, right? While that one is yeah. like, okay, it's a little more nuanced. It's a little more, we added it in. My problem with those types of co-ops is that I think that's great if someone comes over and you got want to play the game for like 20 minutes. But if you actually want to play co-op, what I kind of fear sometimes with those games is there's no way an hour in that that second player is going to be having fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you want to beat the whole campaign together, that's not the type of game. It's more, it's more like a one-off experience, I guess. Yeah, I think it's quaint, but it's not something that you're gonna play with your adult friend with. And another game that suffers from that is Resident Evil Revelations. I think it is. I don't know if it's the first or the second one, but in one of those games, they're both cooperative, but the second player is not like actively playing really like in one scenario you're an adult and then the second player is a kid who can see ghosts so the other person's basically just spotting ghosts for you so that you can fight them and and the other one you're just a flashlight yeah oh flashlight yeah my favorite character so it's really dark and she's just shining a flashlight everywhere so that you can see (laughs) and that's that's the cooperative experience so you have a choice between gun character and flashlight character who's funner to play you know (laughs) which was really fun the first time I went through and realized, I was like, oh, there are enemies I can't see, and that person can see them. That's really cool. But that obviously is unsustainable for an entire campaign. All right, well, I think that about covers it. Uh, Let's take a quick break. And we're back. Uh, Just a little housekeeping before we get into the topic at hand. We actually just recently blew right through 300 downloads. And like I've mentioned 800 times already this podcast, probably, the continuity is all messed up. So I don't know when this episode's coming out. So this could have happened two weeks ago. No one's gonna, no one's ever going to know but us. But we're really happy about it. And we want to say we appreciate you guys. It's unbelievable. We're completely blown away. The reception. Uh, everyone on Twitter and all of the Red Circle positivity. Like, Twitter's normally a horrible place. But as long as you're just positive all the time sometimes uh positive people find you and 
I'm really appreciative. I like to say that I, I feel like your Twitter game is also like next level. Like I think I think that's so underrated the ability to just continuously use social media. Uh, that's naive. He uh, does the Twitter. No, because I I am I'm definitely someone who who goes in and out of okay. Let's just post our shows instead of you know let's let's be an active and part, you know participating and, and actively actively being there. And I think that's a really big bonus as well. So I think it's so cool, right? And the fact that you got instant, like you posted something like a question, kind of you know something pertaining to this possibility of this show and the main topics that we're going to go into. But I thought it was really cool that immediately got some responses, which you know it's intangible, right? Uh, I I think having five people that actively interact with everything you do is way more important than having a hundred pe- passive people. I think, I think, but I might be wrong. You know, it does feel a lot more personal. To be fair, if you're that passive listener, okay, don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> we're calling you out it's totally fine just to listen to the show it's totally okay okay i i'm definitely a passive listener in most of the shows i listen to so please don't take what i say with a grain of salt but i think from the podcaster's side i think it's really important to have those people that you can actively bounce off of and, and get get that feedback and i think that's great you know it's okay to alienate some of our listeners i think we've already done that at some point you gotta knock them down a peg a couple times where what were we talking about though uh, you were thinking the listeners about how this is such a great opportunity for us. Okay. And it's really a passion project or some crap like that. We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> we wouldn't do this if this wasn't fun. And if we can get you guys, I, I think this is what I said in the post. If we can get somebody just laughing a little bit, you know, it, it's good enough for me. Because this this shit makes me laugh whenever I listen back to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to 10 years from now going, hey, remember when we did that dumbass thing? And we'll go back and listen to the League of Legends episode and just remember how angry League makes us or whatever. Makes me angry and uh, makes everyone around me angry at me. But <laughs> <laughs> Or we can listen back and just cringe. Think about, oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the even more introspective thing is uh, yeah, your, your great grandkids listening to what you were like when you were in, you know, in, in, in that earlier Dang. stage of life. <laughs> listening to these shows. <laughs> Philip was actively campaigning to put like an addendum at the beginning of our halo 3 episode because it's so cringy at the beginning because we didn't know what we were doing no i told you i was gonna do that no that's what i was saying that you that you wanted the addendum at the beginning so like when people because it's our most downloaded episode which is the first one i guess it makes sense i guess i must be a unicorn because i listened most recent down and he and he was like i listened from episode one up and i'm like that's so weird but apparently that's what everyone does so i I have no idea this is the way they do it. You listen to like the newest like two episodes, and then you decide, okay, I like the podcast, and then you start from the beginning. Okay, but if you listen, I hope that's what they do. That that's the best way to do it because then you can forgive the first episodes being cringy, and you kind of kind of see it progress and, and develop. But if you start from the beginning, I mean, it's only you know it only can go up usually from there. So <laughs> that is a good sign sometimes. <laughs> All right, so we're playing. Oh wait, were you supposed to do it? Go for it. Did I take it from. All you? right, so we're playing. A couple, well, we we only played two of them, but this is going to be like an RTS chat because, Rob, I heard you were an RTS fan. I, I am, yes, as my Rocket League community hates when I talk about RTS, but I'm sure my AoE Age of Empires community is going to like it. <laughs> I'm definitely sure that there's almost no overlap between Rocket League fans. There, I think and... there are two people, two people who, who are in both discords, so there you go. <laughs> All right, then answer me this, if you're really an RTS fan. What does RTS even stand for? Wow, real-time strategy. Okay, that might be the first time someone's gotten that right. Well, I mean, that's a pretty easy acronym, but usually we'll ask them what Dota means, and they're like, I don't fucking know what Dota means. <laughs> and we're like, make it up now. 
and yeah. then we just bully them until they say words. We never had an expert on the show. Oh, it's a good thing I didn't play MOBAs. <laughs> yeah, we just happened to have an expert this time around. <laughs> All right, what was your follow-up there, Philip? Oh, no, that was I was just going to drop it and leave. Okay, great. My favorite. I kind of felt when you said RTS, I'm like, do you want me to like continue or do you want me just to say what the letters mean? You know, I no. <laughs> he likes he thinks that's the funniest shit when people go, uh, yes, I, I uh, do like games. What podcast? Am I now? <laughs> like, yeah. Stupid. Cause that's the first uh. thing he did to me in our first episode. And ever since then, he just drops that on people. I think you need a video for this sometimes, because like his faces as people are like trying to realize what's going on is is I think half the fun in this. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we know good at even audio podcast editing. So no, no, no. Th- this is it. This is the, this is the secret future. It's just like you you just have a blank screen, but then every time he asks a question like that, that's the screen. Like you just take the picture and you throw it just up a there. still of him going <laughs> staring at you. Yes, RTS games. It's almost like you're a commander in the sky, moving around these little tiny critters. Sometimes they're humans, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're robots. Sometimes they're orcs. Sometimes they're... Sometimes they're half-animal hybrids. Oh. (laughs) I thought we were going to say tank at the same time. (laughs) Oh. Oh, no. Well, let's say it again. Tank. Edit that in. No. So we're saying at the same time. No? (laughs) No. Okay. All right. So... If we're just talking about like RTS chat, I would go to my favorite one, which is Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth 2. Are you two. skipping ahead in the line? There's like eight games before that. Fine, talk about Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth 2 covers the War of the Ring and Frodo's epic journey in, you know, Rebellion of the Evil. His name is Master Chief. Oh my god. We're not talking about Halo Wars. But I was actually very happy that, Rob, you recognize the beauty that is the Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth 2. I like. I don't think you can actually buy like a, a copy. Like you need to find it from someone. It's like one of those like excavated things. Also, if you want to get the first game, that's even more rare. But I think they do a lot of very interesting things. Like for instance, when it comes to RTS, the biggest problem with RTS is the fact. Okay, I'm gonna explain very quickly RTS. Okay, you make money, then you spend that money to build an army, and then you fight the other guy. Okay, that is RTS in a nutshell. And oh well. And then people are going to be like, oh, what about the RTSs where you, like, don't fight each other? I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. But specifically when it comes to that game, I think what they did, which a lot of other RTSs don't do, is that when you, instead of building one unit, essentially when you build a unit, it gives you, like, a squad of things to fight. Because the dream, mm-hmm. right, in your mind when you think of the game RTS, it's like, oh, let's just, you know have a big army and fight with a big army against another big army, right? Like, that's yeah. that's the part that you like to do, right? That's definitely my plan. But as anyone who's played RTS knows, before you get to that point, it's like, learn 20 minutes of this specific build order that's optimized by all these players uh, in order to be able to build that army. And, that, and a lot of people love that macro part of the game, but I think especially for people who've never played the game before, like any kind of real-time strategy game before, they have a hard time getting to that point, and so they'll be kind of disinterested if they don't like the macro part, right? Because they're getting Zerg rushed. Exactly. Dude, Zerg rush is the move. Did I say that joke right? Yes. Is that what is it, it is? Is it jokes? Okay. Yeah. You, you work <laughs> yeah. for Google. They had that whole thing where you like put Zerg rush in Google, and then it, it might still be there. You're lying to me. Did you not? Like, the whole Google thing falls down. Tell me if it still if works. If you're... If you're wrong about this, I'm kicking you out. What is? I don't even know how to spell Zerg Rush. Z E R G. Oh no, this is gonna be embarrassing if I misspell it. Z E or Z U. Z E R G. It didn't work, but it says play Zerg Rush by Google. That's the first thing. Okay, click it. Click it. Click it. 
Did it do the thing? Did the whole thing like fall apart? What's happening? Yeah, the whole screen <laughs> falls apart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, amazing. Oh no. I don't understand. <laughs> you were too slow and the Zergling showed up, playing like a bronze. Anyway, the uh Oh I closed my Google Doc. God damn it. Look at me. Go on. Anyways. What was I thinking? Um Oh yeah, no, so so Battle Battle for Mother 2, uh what it does great is that instead of being like hey, you gotta, like, learn all this basic stuff just to even get a big army. It's like, no, every time you make one of you, there's just 20 of it. So now you've got a big army yeah. way faster. And I think that's genius. I think it's great for a casual player. Um, and I think that's what that game specifically does better than everything else. And it has heroes, and heroes are, like, the most probably... Well, I don't know, controversial. It forces you when you make an RTS game when you have heroes to essentially... Either you have heroes, you have these units that are super powerful, and then your whole game revolves around them. Or... You don't have them, and then you can actually worry about making like army compositions, um, and so th those can be very dicey when making an RTS game. But it's so fun! Like there's like a random like the golems on the map. You have to find them. Yeah, to get the ring. To kill them. Yeah. Get the ring. So rude. And then you summon like your superhero that just wins the game essentially. It's essentially like the snitch in Harry Potter, honestly, right? You have, like, the yeah. whole game, and you can win the game just by fighting the other army. But there's like the secret side thing that if you get, you essentially, you know. All of a sudden, you're way, way far ahead. So, uh, Golem's like the snitch. That's that's my analogy. I understood that reference. I know. I don't think I've ever compared Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings, like really, honestly. And I, I this is the one time that I feel it's accurate. <laughs> yeah. It helped me because I, I don't think I've, I don't know really anything about Lord of the Rings either. So now I'm like, I was lost in the desert just then. I know Gollum because Gollum is in fucking that game. Lego Lord of the Rings. No. Oh. The Assassin's Creed Lord of the Rings. Assassin's Creed, Lord of the Rings edition. Can't remember what that game's called either. Oh, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. Oh yeah, very fun. Yeah. Great game. So, call back to what you said earlier about um, new players having struggles whenever you don't know the correct build order. Uh, I wrote this in the notes. That's the fighting game conundrum where you love this game and you play it every day, and it's I don't know anything that's not Super Smash Bros. or something like that. Like it's like oh I love Dragon Ball Fighters. Bro, come over. We're gonna play some Dragon Ball Fighters. And you're like, yeah, man, this is going to be so much fun. You come over and you just just beat the crap out of them because they don't know how to play. They don't know the combos. They don't know the counters. They don't know any counterplay to the combos or counters to those. So in any RTS, you're going to have optimum build order. We talked about the Zerg Rush. That's like low IQ strategy because any seasoned player is going to know, oh, if they try a Zerg Rush, I need to build at least two of these units and then the Zerg Rush will fail. And they'll be out of resources by this point, and I can counterattack. Is he speaking nonsense right now, or is he just build a wall? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> build a wall. Oh, that's like... any <laughs> any kind of early aggression. Build a wall in StarCraft. I mean, that's I because I know I know we're gonna pl compare StarCraft and Age of Empires at some point in this podcast. Uh, you want to know the difference? StarCraft is like uh, building a wall is easy. Age of Empires is like you have to put some effort. Oh that's, my that's god, the, the walls, the zigzags. Yeah. How many times <laughs> early on when I built a wall and I left a little bit next to the tree line and they can just walk around into and I'm like, how did they get in so fast? <laughs> Oopsie yeah. doopsie. Starfire gets around that by essentially saying, now nah, there's literally only this small place you can get into the main base. Like they're, they're, they have little platforms so that the, the it narrows that kind of opportunity for early rushes. You can still do early rushes, but everything is very focused in that one place. The way you get around that eventually later in the game is if you use flying units or, or units that can, you know, jump up or whatever. But I think that's definitely, like, a different design philosophy. For Stargraph, they're like, if you learn a base level skill, you should be safe against a lot of early stuff, right? That's kind of that's kind of the idea. But 
It also rewards early aggression. Anyway, I could, I could, I could talk about those two games for hours. Yeah, not to get into the weeds, but just to stay general, do, have you had a lot of problems with that in the past of like trying to get your friends to play RTSs with you and some of the steep learning curves they have? Ooh, I was always the last one into the RTS and the last one to leave the RTS. So I, I tend to be the one who is like, oh yeah, you finally gotten me into it, and then they all say start playing League of Legends, and I'm like, I don't really Dang. like League of Legends. And so then I joined them two years later, and then they left legal. Anyway, uh, the <laughs> point is... Welcome to my life. <laughs> uh, the point is, um, I think it's hard to get people into it, but I also feel... It's a line that a lot of developers face with it. Like, I don't think... If you make it too easy, right, then a lot of the people who enjoy that difficult aspect of the game will feel like you're simplifying it too much, right? And some of the fun is the difficulty. Some of the fun is the sharp learning curve. Although... There are certain games that I would say are less complicated than you think they are. It's just this. It's the ability to move your fingers on the keyboard and move your mouse around, right? It's the actual ability to be precise with those things that is the biggest learning curve, I think, beyond the knowledge of the game. Because most people conceptually understand very quickly when they're playing a real-time strategy game, I need to you know, get more money, build stuff, fight the stuff, right? And then they can build yeah. off of that. I think more than anything, it's very hard for someone who's never played an RTS game to figure out what they should be doing with their hands, what, what hockeys are, right? I, I didn't use hockeys when I first played Age of Empires in 2005, right? I didn't I didn't even know what a farm was. I lost pretty much every single game. <laughs> Dang. You know, went to a friend's house, and we, we they were like, what is this cool game? Uh, and my friend said build farms. I'm like, nah, nah, <laughs> you don't need farms. Farms are lame. They don't kill people. Why would I build farms? They get food too slowly. Uh, I and... want gold. <laughs> I got to get into the medieval age. I need gold. In some ways, that was a much more honest experience, I think, of like playing the game and, and learning for the first time. So I guess if you go into it with like kids' eyes, uh, you can you can really enjoy it. And like honestly, when it comes to StarCraft, I would recommend co-op. I, I think they did a pretty good job of it. Um, and we can probably get into that a little bit if you want. Uh, no, we're going to get into that later. Oh, sorry. Right now, <laughs> we're actually going to talk about these other games. Yes, let's talk about the other RTS games. Yeah, these are kind of our pre-game games. Nay, which one do you want to talk about? We'll start with Age of Aggression because uh, I did something unique, and he mentioned it earlier. Uh, Robert, I mean. So I actually went onto Twitter and I asked if anyone had any RTS games that they liked. I specifically named Age of Empires because I forgot that we were going to talk about StarCraft and everything else because I have a bad memory. So we have the first game on here that I've never heard of before, and I wanted to ask if Robert knew. It's called Act of Aggression. Have you ever heard of this game? I have not heard of this game, no. Um, someone on Twitter, I just minimized my, well, I'm awesome at this. I'm what you'd call an RTS normie. I play the mainstream game. Oh, yeah, because you don't know Age of Aggression? That's fine. So we are on, as far as the rest of the genre, we're on the same path, really, or whatever level. Yeah, it's probably a deep cut, um, or like a spin-off cut. So it looks, uh, I promise that I meant to actually look into this game and figure out what it was, but I did not have the time, unfortunately. And I'm also bad at reading names, so I think it's Chaos Kitty at Kendrick with an X at the end on Twitter brought this game up, and I started looking at it, and it looks like a lot like Command & Conquer, which is another game we're going to talk about in a minute, but I wanted to bring that up right at the top because this is just a window into the genre. There's so many other RTS games that are out there that I've never heard of, and I don't know. It's just crazy because whenever you think of the real-time strategy, you think of like Command and Conquer, Age of Empires, StarCraft, and then there's like everything else. You know what I mean? Which is it's so it's like the iceberg how deep it goes. And it looks like it's a little mixed on Steam right now, but 
it, it looks pretty cool. It looks like something that I could I could sink probably 20 or 30 hours into just experiencing the, the spin that they have on it. Because it looks like there's robots and stuff. It's a little futuristic. There's some laser beams getting shot. Nave, since we're talking about RTS normies, I see you put Civilization on your list. Okay, well, I wanted to get to that at the end because of uh, it's not a real-time strategy. All right, <laughs> but... um. Hmm, interesting. Why is it on the real-time strategy list? It's, it's, on, it's on the other games list. Oh, okay. Why is Mountain Blade on the fucking other games list, Tub? You put that one. You want to fucking argue? Mountain Blade is more of an RTS than Civilization is. Have you played it? I will fight you over this. Does the, if, does the podcast have to end this way? I've never played Mountain Blade. Oh, but right. I will die Are on you... the hill that Civilization is more of an RTS. All right, we need a third party on this, Rob. Uh, Mountain Blade is more of an RTS. Civ would okay. be this RTS if essentially... I mean... I don't play, I don't I don't have that much experience with Mountain Blade so so like I'm I'm definitely going to the reaches of my brain. I'm looking this up. But with Civ <laughs> specifically for it to become an RTS is that you'd have to have the same thing but every time there was combat you'd actually go in and then start controlling those units, right? Oh, that's Total War. That's Total War. Yeah, that's I, I think it's been I think there's other games that I remember like somewhere vaguely in my memory that done this way better. I love that concept. Like it's the same thing as a this is going to be a weird kind of take but Battlefront too battlefront yeah conquest i love that conquest game mode and that's essentially the idea it's like we have this big map and there's all these like battles happening and depending on how you're doing on the big map like the 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 turn-based game means how much units you'll actually have when you do the rts part of the game i love that design i think that's phenomenal i i don't know how many people like that's one of those things that like you really have to be in the mood for to play but once you are in the mood i'm like oh this is perfect you know yeah i think the only problem with civ is that it doesn't have anything that you define as real time right like i i think you need to be able to move things around freely and unfortunately in civ it's Mm. turn-based so it, it it already defies that genre well here's the problem I thought Mountain Blade was chivalry. So I thought you were talking about chivalry, where you're running around with a spear, knocking people's arms off and shit. Well, no, you do run around with a spear, because you have a hero unit that you control during the battle where you're also commanding your units. Yeah, well, chivalry is just only that. You're a person in a big battlefield. Have you never seen chivalry before? No, I only play good games. I'm pretty sure there's a donkey video on it. All right, pause the pod. We're going to go watch donkey. He's come up (laughs) twice now. Fucking put it in the description. <laughs> Plug in this guy's channel. Yeah, I got the I got these two games confused. Cause chivalry is nothing but just medieval combat. Like okay. where you are, a, it's like Battlefront for medieval times. That sounds so cool. I've I have no idea what Mountain Blade is. I've never seen this game before in my life. Yeah, I've been recommending Mountain Blade like a million times, and I've literally played it once. So like RTS is a hard genre to define, but I think when you get down to it, essentially every MOBA is also an RTS, right? Like the fact yes. that you are moving a thing in real time, right? What makes a MOBA is the fact that it there's all these random you know spawning units, right? Like that's probably the biggest difference. It's like there's a set lane, amount of lanes and there's random spawning units, and you're only playing this one hero character, right? But RTS, yeah. In general, when we think of RTS, we think of multiple units you can control and deselect and stuff. But in in theory, MOBA is that as well, right? If if you look at uh, Warcraft three and you compare it to MOBAs, in a lot of ways, it's like. Well, these hero units are essentially doing the thing, you know, like the thing you do in a lot of MOBAs where they just, you know, go and wreck stuff. Which we always go back to Warcraft 3 in our pod because every game we play seems to be a mod based in Starcraft or a mod based in Warcraft 3. Just some kind of expansion out of those little genetic cesspool that is the Blizzard games back in the day. It's those custom games, man. 
I played a fuck ton of Warcraft 3, though. I don't know if I played more Warcraft or more uh, Age of Empires, but I was never on the internet for this time period, so I always just played by myself. I would make my own custom games. Oh, no. You know what I mean? How sad. It was very sad and lonely. That was, like, pre-internet for me. I was a poor baby, but uh, I had a computer that could run Warcraft, and that was a lot of fun when I wasn't playing Halo 2 LAN parties. The, yes. The only other game that we might not have mentioned right now that I, I think is worth mentioning, is it Empire at War? Is that is that the correct? I think that's the correct one. It is by far... It's like, is that the Star Wars one? It's not Star Wars. It's Oh, shit, that Star Wars fucking real-time strategy was so good. What was it called? Are you talking about Star Wars? I wasn't talking about Star Wars, but continue. He's talking about Star Wars, guys. Let's you... pull it up. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Um, figure out... Star Wars, Empire at War. I own it on Steam. Empire at War is the Star Wars. Seven hours. Wait, is, what were not... you talking about? Okay, I need to find out what I was talking about, apparently. Because <laughs> that's why I have... Fuck, dude. Wow, look at this. I'm buying this right now. Oh, dude, play it. Or get it. I'll download it. We'll play together. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm having a fucking anxiety attack from all of the nostalgia I'm feeling right now. I can't believe I mentioned this. I literally made up a name, and you guys found like the greatest game that's hitting your nostalgia right now. That's not the game I was thinking of. But continue <laughs> on while I try to find out what I was talking about. Is it is it Total War? Is that what you're thinking about? It's not Total War. It is. I'll, I'll find it. I'll give me give me time. Okay, so we'll talk about Empire War. But you played it, right, Nave? Yeah, I played the shit out of this. See game. what got me? It's just Age of. It's just like Age of Empires, isn't it? Uh, I don't really remember. But uh, what got me, though, is I played it after watching the sequel movies. So I had already, like, yo, man, where's Obi-Wan and Anakin back? I want to be like, wah, 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 lightsabers. But no, this is Empire at War. So there's no prequel stuff. So it's like all the hero units are like Chewbacca. And I'm like, this B-grade chump? What's he doing here? Oh, no, I'm thinking of a different game. Oh, no. Dude, there's like a million Star Wars games. Okay. I do know Empire at War, though. Okay, I... I found the game. It's called Empire Earth. So at least I got Empire right. But Empire Earth is essentially uh, take Age of Empires, but don't stop at like the fourth age. Have 50 ages and you got your laser robots at the end. Okay. That is I see it. Empire Earth. I don't think it, it could ever be a competitive game, but I had so much fun with custom scenarios in that game where you just be like, okay, we're going to max out the best unit in this game, like a futuristic laser robot, and we're going to have, you know, 20,000 Romans fight it. And, and yeah, see what, what it happens. looks like. <laughs> because there's tribal buildings next to skyscrapers. It's, it's yeah, it's Age of Empires with 40 ages, and you go into the future. So there you go. That is that is it in a nutshell. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I thought I'd mention it. I really need to talk about what? This game, Star Wars Galactic Battleground Saga. Okay, I don't know this one. Is what I was thinking of. It is literally just a reskin of Age of Empires 2 with Star Wars shit. And I'm pretty sure it goes from the prequels up through the uh, original trilogy. Is this a mod or a real game? It's a real game. Like, that came on a disc. I used to have this. <gasps> a disc. I used to play the shit out of this fucking game. If you look at screenshots of this game, well, there's a bunch of screenshots on the community tab that are just modded to oblivion so it's kind of hard to tell what's going on so but, it looks uh, like oblivion there's mud crabs no it doesn't look like oblivion no this this looks like starcraft one honestly like an like a slightly more hd starcraft one from yeah its... It, it's very old but that's always what I, I would play age of empires 2 and then this game and this is way before i had warcraft 3 but i had these two games on cd back in the fucking day whoa yeah but it had little campaigns and stuff like that oh my god look at it it's so small. Okay. Everything's so small. All right. We're spinning wheels here. Is there any more do you want to cover in this list? Yeah, let's talk about Halo Wars. Have you played Halo Wars, Robert? 
Halo Wars is fantastic. I think Halo Wars is great. Halo Wars, from a fun perspective, is is perfect. I, I think, like, get rid of everything else. You play that game, you have fun. Mm-hmm. And I think it's accomplished its job as a game. You know, you can say whatever you want about the rest of the game. Design, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. So I, I thought it was, it was great. And the co-op was pretty awesome. I played with Madeline, and it was back before we had two Xboxes in the house. So I would play on the PC, and she would play on the Xbox on the TV. And I was teaching her. This is her first real-time strategy game ever. Which is an awesome game for the first time ever, because Halo Wars is so simple compared to most RTSs. Yeah, it's a great learner. It's very simple and easy, but I, I don't want to say there's like no depth, because I have no idea. But it there is some depth there, with all the different kind of, uh, kinds of uh, hero character, overlords that you have. They have all special abilities, like someone can glass the planet, like one of the Covenant people. Barely know anything about the game. I'm showing that right now, but I thought it was very fun, especially for a console game. It's a good introductory RTS game. My favorite move was just make nothing but warthogs. That way they're just like rough rallying around in giant circles because they never stop moving. You know, they just like rrr, 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 going over jumps and stuff. It was, it just made no sense in the AI. Dude, screw the warthogs. Hornets all day, baby. Like, yeah, that was a hundred hornets and then just rush them. And they go, oh man, this again. <laughs> so stupid. Me and Shadow that... used to fight each other because Shadow's like, hey, Nave, do you want, I think it was Shadow. I was like, hey, Nave, do you want to get the achievements in Halo Wars 2 or Halo's 1? I was like, all right, sure. He didn't tell me I had to, like, win 4,000 games. <laughs> and then he had to win 4,000 games because we were oh, sharing. Gosh. So we had to play forever. So we played for, like, 20 hours just fighting each other. And I was just like, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore, William. That's probably not the best environment to play Halo Wars in. But no, it was <laughs> I like training. what you're going for. Was, that's when I learned about the fucking Hornet Rush, though. It was great. Yeah, instead of playing games that are fun, they become a chore. <laughs> that Yo, just happens. Man. We talked about that, uh, I think, like maybe four or five episodes ago, where when you're playing a game and there's that switch inside your head, when it goes from this is fun to I'm going to win, like competitive mode activates. Like once you start going onto websites that have nothing to do with the game to look at builds to fig- or, the, or efficiency charts. Like I, I remember one game, I was looking at a fucking Google spreadsheet at like percentages of i was like what am i doing right now and i'm like writing it down like okay i think I need to do that. <laughs> but i'm just so ashamed of God. myself like i would rather someone walked in and i was looking at porn than looking at google spreadsheets for efficiency in games i'm like but i'm God. doing it so total war do you have any experience in total war robert that one was very like i kind of bought it on a whim like one of one of the editions of total war i <sighs> I never got into it. I'm gonna be honest. I, but I, I think like it has everything that I would like. It just like just do the battle and be like a little more zoomed mm-hmm. in and just you know like there is everything about that. Yeah, I think I, I, I sometimes it literally has to do with timing. I, I think with a lot of games for me, my mood is more important than anything that has to do with the game. Okay, you can have the worst game in yeah. existence, but if I'm like, this this for some reason I'm having fun with this game that doesn't work right, uh, then <laughs> then I'm all all into it. But um. No, this one never caught me, unfortunately, and I think this is something that I've actually thought about a little bit. The idea that, like, oh, people recommend you, like, the franchise, and so you're like, yeah, let me get into that. If you don't find it naturally, it doesn't ever work. There's a bunch of franchises that I've I've tried to, like, be like, oh, this is a good franchise, so I'll buy a game and then I'll try it. I think I did it for Command & Conquer. Wait, was it Command & Conquer? <sighs> There's another game that recently, like, announced their third edition, and I don't know if it's Command & Conquer or the other, the other RTS game that also has C in the name. Did we skip uh, Command & Conquer? Company of Heroes. Okay, no, okay. Command & Conquer. Okay. We didn't talk about Command & Conquer, but Command & Conquer was a game that I never played originally and then tried to go back and play. And I'm like, this is fun. 
but I'm playing this because there's some like completionist in me that wants to like yeah. go through all the RTS games and experience this, right? Um, but I think the reality is is that if I stumbled upon it naturally instead of because all these people like recommended it, I would be much more likely to really enjoy that game. But but I, I it hit me at the wrong time as well. And one one click RTS is like so RTS you can either have right click left click right which I'm so used to which was kind of defined by like most RTS games ever. But yeah. Command and Conquer is a game that you you essentially only use one button, right? Like it's harder to deselect, or there's like an extra button to deselect. I, I don't remember at this point, but it definitely threw me off because literally the first time that I played the game, I did not know what to do. I had to like go look up the controls because <laughs> I was like, wait, I, I mean, can't move these things. You didn't read the manual first thing. I I ended up buying the full collection when I was on sale. I think on. On, on Steam, uh, yeah, on Steam. So that's how I kind of got into it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play all the games." And I think I actually got to Red Alert. So like Red, Red Alert Ooh, three, Red Alert. Oh, you say that's the good it's one. Fucking good. I, it's I, I mean, there is there definitely the cutscenes that are like straight out of the, like an early 2000s movie. I mean, I I think it's hilarious. They have live action cutscenes. Have you ever seen those, Philip? No, but I, I hear they're just wild and over the top ridiculous. <laughs> There's like a fucking. He was like a big time actor at the time. Who was it? I I'm never gonna remember his name. I don't even know why I asked the question. But it was—it's so great. It's so cheesy. It's like if me and you decided to make military movies right now. Like just, and, but we'd never be anywhere. We would be in like put a screen screen behind us and like make it a fucking office. And we're just like, you have to go and get the reactor. They have a nuclear bomb. WMD. Go go go. <laughs> Whatever the fuck's going All right, on. Are you convinced me? Let's do it. All right. You start working on a script. Side project. As far yeah. as Total War goes, though, what I would say is that Total War is an olive branch between Civilization, which we talked about before, being turn-based, and also having real-time strategy elements to the game. I wouldn't say it's... It is a real-time strategy, kind of, but the game's scope is so much broader than uh, a game like Age of Empires because a game of Total War, it's like playing a game of Civilization where this game can last a few weeks. If you guys are if you guys are taking your time and doing everything, it is turn-based as far as the overworld is, but it's not like you're on one map and you're building a little village. Maybe you'll build a secondary village close to the enemy where it only has like you know like a like an archery post and a siege workshop and stuff, and then that's it. That's that's the whole thing. This game's taking place over all of like Europe, or if you have the Japanese one, because Total War is a franchise and it goes over different parts of the world. They have like Total War Rome, Japan, or whatever they're called. I can't Shogun. Remember. Shogun Total War. Yeah. Um, you're going after the whole place rather than just one singular battle. I just keep thinking of uh, like it's essentially risk, but instead of rolling your dice, that's when you do the RTS part of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yes. a fair analogy, but you know that's a perfect analogy because that's how I played it. It's it's pretty it's pretty good, especially if you don't actually play the battles out. Because you can simulate them. So it would be a lot more... Auto-resolve all day. Because if you're playing all the battles, which would be the funnest part if you're a real-time strategy fanatic, uh, it would take forever. It would take even longer because you have to load into the game, do the fight. Because you can position your troops 
beforehand. So it's like, I want my archers and my cavalry to be behind this forest because it cuts off the line of sight. And then I'm going to run this cavalry up. I'm going Sun Tzu Art of War on this motherfucker, right? Like, it, you can go into very specific detail. You can go like, okay, I only want 30 archers over here. And I want 29, who are the, whatever's left, to be in this group protecting my general. It's like, if your general gets killed by a stray arrow, then your whole morale goes down. People can start abandoning your fight. And I'm like... What's ha I gotta I'm gonna auto resolve because I've suck at this. This is hard. Yeah, that's what I did every time because I was bad. Do you feel like that's probably a game that you like you wouldn't simulate? Essentially, like the probably the really important battles you might not simulate because you like kind of need to win, right? Yeah, is, like is if you're sieging a if you're sieging a city or something, you definitely want to make sure because sometimes the simulation is just like yeah, they'll screw you this over. This number bigger than that number, and then it fucking crashes yeah. them together, and you lose a billion troops because there's a wall, and that's it. Where it's like you can just get your siege dudes and just wait them out and and have like a successful siege without losing most of your people. I have like a side tangent, but I don't know if I should go. It's such a stretch. It's probably the biggest stretch. Go I've ever for seen. it. Stretch it. Stretch it. Okay. I don't think I've ever anyone's ever done this. Okay, but I'm gonna for a second compare what you just described with Total War. Okay, with FIFA. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready for it? You ready? All right, for let me it? hear it. So, um, in FIFA, one of the best modes is like career mode where you just like manage a team blah 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 blah. and what i did because i was crazy yeah. and i really enjoy fifa is i'd take like a team from the bottom league and like have them go all the way up to like the very highest league in the english part of english Premier league okay so they, there's like you essentially have to win a whole bunch of seasons and you're doing a lot of simulations but i do the same thing like i literally when it comes to simulating like instead of battles they're soccer games okay there, there's your analogy yeah uh but essentially when it was like oh well, you're playing one of the better teams in the division okay those are the games you'd actually play the fifa game out but otherwise you just sim 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 and focus on like the fun managing trading players aspect of it which which is actually kind of nerdy because if people like really like fifa for that aspect then essentially they're just doing counting like they're doing sports accounting anyway um <laughs> wasn't well, there football manager the uh dude i was gonna bring football yeah. manager up like that's essentially what it is yeah yeah that, that's 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 the game mode but you'd only okay. play the games that like really matter so like if there's like a like a knockout cup then then you'll play it or if you're playing against the higher teams that you're not going to win in a sim anyway right so you'd, you'd yeah. play them because you might be able to beat them. Yeah. So there's my analogy between RTS. I mean, it's a good analogy. It makes sense. Yeah. And it stays really true to... Uh, it's the same thing in a, a couple of these other kind of like overworld-based battle simulator type games. It's the same way in Mountain Blade, where if you bump into the same bandit unit of 16 dudes with one donkey, I'm not going to fight that out against my army. You can just <laughs> auto-sim that every time. But there's that one time when somehow you died in the fight and you're like, reload last save. I'm save scumming this one. That didn't happen. Which I guess we can just quickly breach over civilization, mostly because uh, someone brought that up in the in the Twitter thing. Oh, it's the same person, the Kendrick the Kendrick X on tw at tw at Kendrick X on Twitter brought up Civ uh, Four, which is interesting because I, I don't think I've ever played Civ. No, I've only played five. And you said you don't really like Civilization, right? Well, right, wrong. I actually really like Civ. I, oh, you do like Civ. Okay, so I'm just making shit up. All right, who's your main? Civ 4 is the last game that I've played, actually, So I, I, from Civ. Yeah. I just haven't bought the newer ones. Civ is a game that like, I love, but it's... You know how po I said Pokemon was like a twice-a-year thing? Civ is yeah. like a once-in-five-years kind of thing, where I'll just spend a week playing okay. Civ, and then I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> is that a week in one game, or multiple games? Two games. I'll get two or three games in, and, okay. and then call it a day. Every couple of months, I'll have the urge to play Civ 6 on the Xbox. Because Civ, mostly because it's like I do so much editing in my computer, it feels bad when I'm sitting here also playing a game sometimes. 
because sometimes I'll be playing the game. I'm like, God, this is. I've been here for like four weeks. It feels like so. I can go over there on the couch and play Civ 6, and it's pretty good on the controller. I don't know if you've ever played Civilization Revolution, actually, which was a, oh, the, yeah. it was Baby's first Civilization game. Have you ever played that? No, no, sorry, I haven't. Oh, it's tonight. It, I mean, it's on the 360 and PlayStation 3 era, so you probably won't ever be able to. But if you looked it up on like YouTube actually, and just watched it... it was Games for Gold, like, three months ago. So if you're a time traveler, go back and snag it. It's uh, backwards compatible on the Xbox. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want someone to listen to this show in a year and then and then think that <laughs> <laughs> it comes out again. It comes <laughs> out again. Yeah, <laughs> they like, perfect. But um, uh, yeah, if you go and watch it on YouTube for a couple of minutes, if you're familiar with Civilization, how it normally is, it looks so goofy and cartoony because it's so stripped down. Because before they didn't know how to make a Civilization game for the console. It's specific for consoles. But uh, Civilization, I was going to say that overall, in my opinion of real-time strategy, I do lean more towards Civilization because of the laid-back nature of the game. Because unfortunately, what I was surprised when I hurt i don't i guess i shouldn't be surprised but whenever i was listening to your age of empires uh podcast i listened to a few episodes and you're always talking about the battle and the battle the battle and i'm like i feel in my heart that my favorite part about age of empires is collecting the resources because <laughs> i thought i think back <laughs> as a kid and i would make a 1v1 game in like custom games and i would just put eight walls in between me and the enemy and i would just put all the resources in like like a max resource uh world and i would just mine resources and just slowly get bigger and bigger which honestly is how i ended up learning how to play the game efficiently but um i i just love the the grind more than i love taking over the assholes who are attacking my wall constantly with their scouts which probably makes me more of a a casual age of empires player (gasps) but casual I, I kind of felt like even on the Twitter thread, one of the things that like they pointed out was like military style RTS. Like that, I think that was a, something that was mentioned, um, and I think that's a great point as well. Like the RTS we're talking about are mostly like military focused. That you kind of build up the economy, and then you fight. There are other RTS games that are very well designed and are essentially focused on that aspect of building up things, right? Um, Sim coaster. I. <laughs> what? I. I no, Sim for coaster sure, for sure for sure. You know, yes. uh, where you build a roller coaster. <laughs> But no, I I would oh, say no. okay. What was that game? I think like an example of like a non like fighting RTS game that's really really solid uh, is there's that game where essentially like you're in the ice age and you just have this giant like steam thing. What's it yes, called? Yes, we talked about it in episode one. Uh, it's called uh, Steampunk. No, Steampunk. Not steampunk. Yeah, something. Frostpunk. Like that. Frostpunk. frostpunk yeah. That's it. So that game is a good example of an RTS, this a non military style RTS, right? Because you consider it, like, essentially you're moving stuff around, like, you're still controlling the villagers doing stuff that you do typical RTS games, right? But the goal is is just survival instead of fighting, and and so um, I find that, you know, very interesting. That Like, this kind of genre that's been typecast into, like, StarCraft and Age of Empires, right, is in a lot of games still used, right? Just like how Pokemon is really just a JRPG, right? And Madden. It's interesting how these genres that there's things that kind of redefine the genre, but there's things that are actually, like, split off completely from the genre. You don't really... Like, you see elements of, of the genre in them, but they're a completely new game and a completely new concept, and I think that kind of that's the natural mm-hmm. evolution. I absolutely love those subversions, too. Whenever you're playing a game, you're like, this looks like Age of Empires, and it's, like, completely different. You're like, that's probably one of the most important things for me, personally, because I've played so many fucking games I can barely remember any of them. And it's like, when I play... Like, when I played 
Doki Doki Literature Club, I might have just completely lost you. I I was like, what is this? Like I all I knew. Top thing, top top game, best game ever made. Really? <laughs> what what a no, stance. I, I all I knew is that it wasn't what it seemed. And then whenever you started up on the PlayStation or the Xbox, it's like you have to say confirm like eight times. It's totally okay to be traumatized. Like I'm okay with seeing something <laughs> horrible. It's fine. So I'm like, this is definitely not a dating sim. This is probably a horror game. It's like I bet whenever it first came out, they had none of that stuff, and so you just kind of get dropped into it. And that probably was the best situation. Even though whenever the turns happened, I didn't expect them. But I was like, I really can't stop thinking about this game for like two weeks straight. I was like, that game really threw me for a loop. Even though I do not play dating sims really, I played How to Boy How How to Full boyfriend is that it is the that pigeon? the pigeon one the pigeon yeah. one <laughs> yeah where you're dating a, you're a girl in high school and you go to a high school full of pigeons and so you date a bunch of pigeons i played that for a little bit and that was fun but what am i talking about no i think i think doki doki is uh i think anyone who's watched anime you know is is i think that's why it's so successful secretly is because it follows tropes like to the t of like a person being like absolutely crazy yeah but i think they're normal anyway yeah. I think, are you guys ready to move on to our main topic of the day? Yeah. Great, great time. All right, well. <laughs> yeah, just an hour and 19 minutes let's in. pump the brakes and take a break. I'm good. And we're back. So, Nave, this podcast isn't just about any RTS. This is about one of the granddaddies of the RTS genre. Have you heard of Age of Empires? Is it a granddaddy? What's the I first like RTS? We're What's not doing this. RTS? No, stop. Don't what don't go down this is road. The first RTS. Oh no. Okay, the, the first successful RTS game is StarCraft 1. Well, StarCraft Brood War specifically. That's that's oh, the yeah? biggest breakthrough well, game. IGN would like to disagree. Don't bring IGN into this. Oh no. You can't I'm not saying ignorant the... without I saying IGN. Um Herzog Zwei. H E R Z O G space Z W E I. It sounds like a European thing. Really, yeah, definitely European. Uh, de- it was released for the Sega Mega Drive. Take that home to your friends and with your trivia, trivia I mean, knowledge. Okay, I was gonna say the first breakthrough game was Brudor, but uh, you know, you can you can get yo a hundred percent though. Someone's gonna like point out a game in the seventies and be like, yeah, this is an RTS. Pong is an RTS. All right, don't have. Oh no, I was thinking Super Mario Bros. Two. Nah, or you, three with the I'm Overworld. Shoot the first electronic game. Okay. <laughs> There can't be a game before that. We're real time, so we're moving up and down, and there's strategy. Yeah, there's strategy. Think about yeah. it. <laughs> I, brought, I brought this up earlier. Like I probably was like 18 when I realized that Super Mario 64 isn't a role-playing game. I had no idea what RPG meant, but I thought that since you're playing as the role of Mario oh, no. in a game, that that means role-playing game. I never really put any more thought into it. I probably was I probably was like 11, not 18. That was that's an exaggeration. That makes me seem like a dumb dumb. So Age of Empires in your experience is a game about uh managing farms and basically worker placement, right? I mean, yes. You know, 100%. Yeah. You're just managing farms. You're you're a farmer. That's that's all you're doing. It's Stardew Valley before Stardew Valley. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also a usually a historical person of some merit based in real history, right? Uh yes. That that's actually one of the most when it comes to campaigns one of probably the most contentious parts of of age of empires is the kind of like role between like how historically accurate do you want to be compared to like how to make a mission fun because usually it's like there's this general battle and this is what happened generally and then the specifics of what's going to be in the actual mission is going to be up to the developers um and Mm -hmm. history because there's a million historians 
uh, can be disputed as to what exactly happened because we only have so many facts, blah, blah, blah. But no, 100%, a lot of the campaign is focused on uh, taking one historical character and then kind of going through their history, their battles, their big things. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And the co-op specifically in Age of Empires is essentially what they did is because this is really just the beta they're testing this out is they took some already made missions that were part of the game and they're like a hand-picked few that were just like these known historical battles and you can essentially try them out in co-op. They, they took five of them and that's kind of what they started with. You know, it's perfect you bring that up because I have no Age of Empires experience, but Nave had played it before. So I had done maybe the first four tutorial missions before we started playing because they're like, hey, we're going to talk about this on the pod. We need to have some experience. So we installed it. So on Game Pass, how convenient. Uh, we started up and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm cutting down trees. I'm sending out fishing boats. Um, how do I even build battle units? Like, oh, I did four tutorial missions. They they give you like a horse as a scout or something. I, I can figure the rest out in the real game. And then Nave's like, okay, uh, join my lobby. So we join up and we were playing just the first co-op mission where one, I don't even remember the, the races that you were or the countries you were representing. The one we're fighting the Muslims. Yes. Do you remember which same. one it is? No. Come on. Like we, I can remember if I think hard enough. All right. While you're thinking. It's the one where the, the, it's like one person has like a bunch of castles and if that city falls, then you lose, but you have to go and get like the. The reinforcements or the wagon train? There's like trading. They're like wagons. Yeah, you got to go get the wagons and bring them back to the cathedral. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's the mission that we actually went over. Uh, it's the first one. So it's Franks or you're Franks. That's all I know. And you're. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So French or the, the historically French. Okay, so Nave is outside the walls at some kind of like camp or something, and he's supposed to reinforce me wait, and help back wait, me up. Wait, wait. He's the one who got the outside the wall one. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. And yeah, I, and so I'm I'm inside the walls, and I'm like, <laughs> Nave, which building is the one that makes horses? <laughs> I want horses. He's first age, so he can't even, I don't even think he can build them, can he? Yeah, I, no, that's the thing is like, oh, I'm like, oh, I have castle walls. I'm in the medieval age. I have stone walls. You can't be in the medieval age if you have stone walls. That doesn't make sense. Also, and then whenever like, we went into this, he's like, yeah, I play the tutorial. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I'm just like building my own <laughs> army and shit. <laughs> while yeah. he's just struggling getting brushed constantly okay so then these i don't know like arabian marmadukes or whatever they're called start showing up and they just start running down my peasants because all my <laughs> farms are outside the castle walls and i'm like i need food so i can build some troops but my peasants are getting run down i'm like nave i need some backup over here <laughs> i don't have any military units also and i'm supposed to like reinforce him apparently i didn't know this so i i was treating this like it was a skirmish and i was like i'm not sending all my troops over there because i'm right next to an enemy and i don't want him to just kill me so so the longest time i was just hoarding my troops while he's struggling over there and i'm slowly starting to realize that he doesn't know how to play the game because he's asking me things <laughs> like he's like nave how do i build a farm <laughs> <I'm> like, what <laughs> he's like my farms keep dying what's going on I'm like, God. well, you have to reseed them. There's a button that just turns it on. So long story short, Nave coached me. I proceeded to spin my wheels and do nothing for 20 minutes while he beat the mission for us. And that was our co-op experience in Age of Empires. Yeah, I got to the Imperial Age and just uh, trebucheted everyone dead. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I think I think that first mission especially, I, I played through as well with the front end. If you're the person in the castle, you don't actually have enough to like survive by yourself. 
That's kind of how they designed it. So it's oh, it, okay. It was most of most of it is you're just trying to stay alive as long as possible until the person that's supposed to help you comes and, and you know wins the game for you. That's kind of how they designed it. Well, it's funny that it worked out that way. <laughs> if I want to like, I, I can maybe get into this a little bit because we want to look at the co-op aspects of this. Um, I think in this. In, in that what i like about the mission is that it requires the like teammate to come and help you i think that's nice that there's like some aspect of that because my biggest fear in any kind of rts is that there's just gonna be like yeah just you might as well just do a general skirmish right like that's the i think that's the worst case scenario right is oh this is supposed to be a cool like co-op campaign feature and then they're like no you're you're literally just doing a standard game versus the computer um you have a cutscene at the beginning and the end it's just a skirmish in the middle yeah flavor yeah. text is the big difference you gotta have that flavor text i think one of the things that stood out for us uh, i wonder if this either affected any of you but i know it's a beta and stuff but i think if you want to do co-op missions you kind of want the whole like you know prelude even if there's not like cutscenes, but at least like maybe they usually have in age of empires like a text you read like as or even like a voiceover like text that someone reads for you yeah and it's just like here's the historical thing and i think they did it after but i don't think that quite makes sense right with with the with that because like yeah you kind of want to get into the mood of what's going on and you're like you are this you know great king from you know the 17th or sorry probably what eighth century and you're you must defend the cat like i you, you need to like feel some kind of emotion you know get invested um i think that's the one thing that they're currently missing from that and uh, i'll blame it on the the fact that it's a beta and blah 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 like they're just you know experimenting with it um but i think it very much helps like in rts especially when you don't have a single character that you're kind of focused on like you don't really have a hero character sometimes you do but you didn't really have that it's really important to find ways to attach yourself to this, you know, massive army, right? Um, or or place yourself in that, especially when it's a campaign, right? Like when it's a general game, it's a general game. But if you're if you're specifically doing something that's supposed to be a campaign, you want to be invested, and I think that's one thing that that was uh, lacking in the co-op in, the, in that sense. Yeah, you mentioned that whenever you did the review uh, recently on your Age of Empires, the co-op beta, and honestly, it made me go there was like text at the beginning of missions and campaign and i went back and started playing the campaign again that next day and i was like oh shit there's all kinds of lore and shit going on because <laughs> i went back to the campaign and in my head as a kid i always just spawned hot rods and killed everything <laughs> and i was like that was fun and then i just go to the skirmish <laughs> so i couldn't remember most of it but which Philip didn't get to experience the hot rods. I, don't, I can't believe I forgot. No, is that just like a like a, a key command you put in or something like yeah, Skyrim you just, style? You hit enter like you're chat you're typing in chat and you just type something in. I can't remember what it is. Do you remember the code? Oh, it's been a while. I forget. It, it, yeah, I'm sure you can Google it very quickly. But I yeah, I, I love those kind of things. What, um, is the hot rod just like a car with guns or something? Literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally just That's a car what it sounds like. Around. It's great. You, bu- you do it like a hundred times. I think you just like copy paste it. Just go, just fucking keep putting it in. Honestly, the first mission should just be like they give you like a hundred of those and just destroy stuff. Like the whole first campaign <laughs> should just be. They should do like a cool intro where the car like drives in and then it's like, this is what we're doing. So that people who don't know, at least they'll learn how to move an attack move. Like, <laughs> there you go. Instead, in the tutorial, you play, you know, William Wallace fighting against the English or something like that. I'm like, oh, I saw Braveheart. I know how this goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think that the campaign itself in co-op, it was really interesting to go through that and go, oh, I'm playing with someone who doesn't know what's going on, mm. and to just walk them through. They're like, well, I can't 
build any more people what's going on i go oh you got to build houses so just click on there's a button at the top that's for villagers that aren't moving is that is that lit up is there a number there he's like yeah he's like all right we'll click that and then press q and then place the house anywhere doesn't matter probably somewhere far away so that it's out of your way you know what i mean and I'm just kind of going through. I can't even remember. Is it Q for the hotkey that for the house? Because I'm pretty sure it is. Because I don't even. I was like, just press Q. But it was really cool teaching him. Because it was like an even better tutorial having an experienced player in a co-op game. I don't like if you played this game like ten years ago. I don't think it would have been Q twice. I think the hotkeys would have been like as messed up as they were in like the original StarCraft. I, they switched to grid layout in the in the definitive edition. So that's why that worked. Mm. Like so. Oh, okay. It, I did play some of the definitive edition, so I might have just mm. been remembering from last time I played it. Yeah. No, I, I I think that's another big thing, right? Like, how do you get people into RTS? It's kind of like, well, you probably play a game with them, right? Like, that's kind of the way to do it. That being said, what you kind of realize with this mission and the scope of this mission is you can't teach him every single thing within, <laughs> like, 10 minutes while you're being attacked. That, that isn't possible. Like, the, the honest truth is, like, if I was going to teach someone to play RTS, yes, there's 50 things you have to learn. But you have to learn them one at a time, right? The first yeah. thing I learn is build villagers, build houses. That already in itself is a skill that can take you like a couple days, right? Just to do very efficiently. Continuously build villagers, continuously build houses. You'll start farming, start getting food, start getting wood, right? Just that skill in itself, which is the basis of the Age of Empires game, like we're talking at least two weeks, right? Of like everyday practicing, right? Which, which not many people want to hear, but... If, if I want to, like, get someone caught up to speed the quickest way, that would be the way to do it. Or you can just throw them into the fire and see what happens. But uh, That's the I, League of Legends conundrum. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is the last hitting minions type deal. Be like, I just want to shoot things. Well, no, you only want to shoot them when they're about to die. Like, well, that's no fun. This is, like, the third time I've brought it up on the podcast, I think. But I was forged in fire on League of Legends. I was, they did not help. You guys did not help me. I, I needed to figure it out. Look, bro, we were figuring it out, too. We were bad. <laughs> At the very least, there's only one character to control, so that that is the nice thing about, about yeah. the, the entry. I think RTS's bear of entry for most games is significantly too high. That's one thing that I always kind of you know struggle with, and well, we'll talk about StarCraft soon. But that will be one where I can talk about why I think their co-op is is actually quite well designed for for that aspect, for that beginner's aspect. As far as going, this is something I meant to ask way earlier, but for some reason I put it way down here. I wanted to ask: is have you is there any like kind of cheesy strategies that you play in multiplayer, like? as far as age of empires goes because i was listening to your podcast and it was it was hot off the heels of playing with philip and on uh, the campaign co-op you guys were talking about strategies for the multiplayer like as far as like 2v2 and 3v3 go are there any like cheesy strategies where like maybe you are strictly like a support character just moving like you because you can give your resources resources people, right? yeah. so do you ever like make just a quick kind of wall or something and like farm resources and send it over to that to that person like research t enough to where you can get resources fast and then make sh make somebody have way more resources than anyone else is that like something like if you were worse at the game in multiplayer maybe maybe like, like, maybe you can just have them like make resources make a mark mark and send it and so it, like just so they could focus on that i i think that could work i think that works better and better the more players there are per team right so the bigger it is like 3v3 4v4 right the more like you can just have someone do that and then send random things because it, it doesn't affect you as much i i think in 2v2 usually kind of works the opposite in the sense that that player that is like gathering all the resources 
is kind of going to become the big bad at the end of the episode, at the end of the, the fight. So yeah. the way it works is usually essentially there's one person that's like protecting you and, and like building on like being a little more aggressive or building more units to make sure that the second person builds up and just gets a crazy economy so that later in the game they build a million things, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would work great if you're just playing versus AI maybe, right? And and specifically maybe just choose this. Like, honestly, like that's probably the the easiest way to, to just like start with like a couple of games of no pressure games, you know? And it doesn't even have to be in the same night. Just like, you know, a couple times, like twice during the week, just be like, hey, let's hop on, let's play, get some easy computers. Um, and essentially walk them through different stuff, right? There's like a million YouTube, you know, tutorials and, but I, I honestly, even like at the beginning, you know, maybe if they get into it, you can like show them like what's what's this like Age of Empires are really weird because the, there's kind of like a a singular path, if that makes sense. Like it's it's actually really easy. Like like the things you have to do. Yes, no, sorry, the execution of it is difficult. But for most games that you're gonna play in Age of Empires, there's a set thing you're gonna do that's kind of been optimized over twenty years. So like everyone does it. It's just like this is this is <laughs> the, the beginning condition. thing. No, no, it's not even the win condition. It's like this is how you start the game to, to have the best economy. Oh, okay. That's that's literally it. So everyone does the first same the same thing the first ten minutes of the game or like five minutes of the game. They just all do the same thing, right? But even before I'd show that to someone, I'd be like, Yeah, go against a really easy AI and just explain to them how to, you know, start getting stuff, how to age up. Um, you know, and they'll they'll have questions and as you go you can start start to uh, to learn a little bit more. I think I think that's you, you need to allow them to just have fun and be creative with the game, and mm-hmm. you kind of just keep them alive, or like you fight against like the AI while it's going on, and then like wait till they get a little army, and then like join with their army and you know, win the game. That's probably probably the way I'd do it. Is what I wrote in here because I was thinking of specifically I was thinking of the way that I teach people how to play League of Legends, which usually is go bot with me, and I'll be a marksman. And you be a tank, and I'm just going to slowly teach you how to use your abilities, but all of your abilities go, enemy doesn't get to play game anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's crowd control for, uh, you know, all the people actually. CC. We said that a million times before we explained it in the League of Legends episode, so, but all the acronyms. I usually just go, you're not going to play someone super strong. You're going to be playing somebody who can help us. So even if you're doing bad, which you're going to do because this game is hard, so no pressure, but... Even though you're doing bad, you can still press Q and then click on Trendemir, and then he's no longer moving for a couple seconds. You know what I mean? And that helps everybody. That you, it's so it's so nice whenever the person you're teaching is playing Leona or something, and they ult in the middle of whatever the clusterfuck is happening, and they accidentally ult onto Caitlyn, and I go, oh my god, and I get to jump on Caitlyn now. <laughs> we did it! Everyone dive! Yeah. And then everyone's like, yeah, you fucking did it! You engaged! And they're like. everyone's happy i don't know what the hell happened i clicked that r button (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's so that's what it made me think i was like would it be efficient to play like a support in like a multiplayer sense i did write multiplayer i didn't mean against humans because i don't this would be hard to pull off i think but like you said it's like if we play if me and you were on the same team and there were two other random people we're not talking to and i'm like i don't know how to optimally play this game but you just come you just kind of teach me how to make my economy okay fast real quick and then i will just give you and you can just be like super strong in the like 10 15 minute range like you're all of a sudden you have so much money and gold and i'm just kind of like a guy rebuilding all of that stockpile who didn't really get anything yeah i think that strategy works but it's i i think it'd be fun i I honestly do and especially because like if you like the economy part maybe you can share some of that 
part of part <laughs> of the game with with your friend. Uh, I would be kind of a support rather yeah, in that yeah. case rather than an actual participating person. It's like I was telling Philip when we did that uh, co-op mission, I was like, what we need to do, just get a little army together, and we're just going to kill this guy first. We just need to tank one of them out. That way there's only one other person we need to... I don't know if this is actually how you, you play. This is what I, we always did back in the day on multiplayer. I say back in the day, maybe like six, six or seven years ago. But we would play against a bunch of bots, and me and my friends, and we would just kill one bot as fast as possible. And then... We, it's a 3v4 now, you know, or something like that. Because we never really played online either, because I'm bad. Yeah, no, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, we talk about how co-op is kind of difficult in these modes to, like, execute cleanly in a, I don't know, like, in a enjoyable experience. Because the way we played it, uh, it definitely was... It, I, I had a good time, but mostly just because I enjoy game experiences. But I could feel like any new player that just got thrown into a... Oh, this is... Like, I get it's a beta of a older mission that they then like retrofitted for co-op but i didn't know what i was doing a newer player might not enjoy that as much this game does offer more co-op that just pops up like how often do you play a game of just like oh we're just doing a skirmish against bots or whatever we're not even on teams we're just like hey man truce until we kill the last bot (laughs) like that that comes up so like i feel like that was always the move because i remember i would play battle from middle earth on xbox 360 online with my friends and we would just put AIs in there. And of course, we would just build up super troops. We go over, beat the crap out of the bots. And then we just kind of like lock eyes at each other. Be like, hey, I already have units walking towards your base. So, you know, there's that. That's like when I played Total War with Steven and Tommy back in high school. It's like, oh, geez, that's a mistake. Whenever one of them goes, hey, truce until we kill Tommy. And it, it's always like, okay, but you guys, I was always the worst also. But they were like, oh, nave, truce until we kill Tommy. All right, cool. We're gonna kill Tommy, which usually means we're gonna—he's gonna kill Tommy, and I'm just desperately trying to get troops because Tommy's <laughs> gonna go. Okay, I need to kill Nave as fast as possible, and I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm building troops, like trying to defend myself, and I'll be real weak. It's like Halo free for all, where I'll, me and Tommy will kill each other, and and then uh, uh, Steven will come through and just wipe me out. My little pathetic civilization or clan, whichever game we're playing. I don't know where I even interjected at. I don't know what we were talking about. I just wanted to I just wanted to share that story. Co-op in RTS games, primarily I, Age of Empires. Yeah, I think I think our, the the co-op really shows how individual RTS is, right? Um it's the one thing that I always fear with it is is I think the best co-op games are ones that are engineered to be co-op games mm-hmm. or or they 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 actually take something that's a single player game or like let's let's be creative with this. Um and my at least from what I seen for the Age of Empires co-op, it's like I'm still essentially playing this individual game, and and so without that story aspect, right, of, of the thing before, or without without some kind of integration, like yes, you have to go and help each other, but you're still kind of playing your own games, right? Um, mm-hmm. I I don't think it really kind of captures the spirit of of co-op, right? The spirit of like, hey, grab a friend, play some games, right? Um, so that's that's the part that I uh, that I guess. I'm always fearful with RTS. I think I think this massive multi like massive military style RTS has a very tough time with co-op, um, and and that's kind of what what I'm seeing with this. Although I will say that that when I did play it, I kind of got into the zone. Like my friend and I kind of got into this very quiet zone. So maybe if you're like us and we like just enjoy building up quietly slowly, which is weird to play co-op and not really talk to each other. But there was a point where we're just like. <laughs> 
Like I'll, t- I'll say something like every like couple minutes, but there's like a point I'm like, yeah, this is like a, just a very casual like chill experience. So maybe if you enjoy that yeah. and you have the experience in the game, you can you can really find something in it. Yeah, when we did our one mission, I definitely was way too strong at the end. I was like, oh, these guys are still in the castle age, and I have like a hun- I have like 15 trebuchets outside their walls, so I'm just gonna. They don't even. They can't even stop me at this point. <laughs> like. Which I did. I had a bunch of uh, what was it? What are they called? The catapults? Is it just a catapult? I can't remember. There, remember there's this. onagers and the trebuchets. The on, the the first one you said. Onagers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're the better form of the catapult. This sounds like a French thing. But uh, yeah, I definitely you forgot right. that you can kill your own team with that. So I definitely wiped my cavalry out, who were attacking <laughs> the gate, like immediately wiped my cavalry out and went. What happened? <laughs> I, just, I just have half my troops all of a sudden. That's actually kind of funny because I think that's one of the only instances in Age of Empires where there's like area of effect damage. Like there's no yeah. really AO, AOE, AOE and AOE, if that makes sense, except for specifically that unit pretty much. <laughs> Which is a missed opportunity. Quick kind of like thought game. What would you, like if, if someone tapped you on the shoulder that was making an RTS game and went, I want this RTS game specifically to be co-op, what do you guys think would make a good real-time strategy experience? Maybe this is probably better for the end of the podcast. Oh, well, fuck, it's right here now. I already asked. And, like, like because I've been just kind of slowly thinking, so slowly, I'm always slowly thinking, but I was silently thinking, like, maybe if you had, like, a shared pool of resources or maybe if you guys controlled specific kinds of units or if like like if you had to pick a character like in halo wars at the beginning where you're like i'll be the arbiter guy and then i and philip's like okay i'll be master chief so master chief gets to use the warhawks and stuff but if we ever build wraiths i don't know if this is going over your head because of halo and stuff but if you build the wraiths oh that's arbiter stuff you know what i mean you mean the puma right sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I think you make a great point, and this might actually lead us into the StarCraft discussion a little bit. Oh, did I just accidentally wander into that? Well, it's, you totally, you totally it's, I think it's a great time to maybe transition. If, if yeah, let's just mo- move on over Cause, StarCraft cause in, corner. In StarCraft, they essentially have Commander Co-op is what they called, and I believe at this point it has more people than like single-player matchmaking, this Commander Co-op, people that play. At least that was the stat a year ago. I don't know what it is now, but... Uh, it's just as popular as like single ranked competitive multiplayer, which had always been the dominant mode. But they introduced this mode, and it's just like you're gonna play co-op missions from the actual campaign, okay? Um, but we're gonna design in a way that you're both playing. But they did this specific thing, and I think this is why it works so well. Is beyond even if you're trash at RTS, okay? If you're absolute trash, they gave you essentially timed events. Or timed units that you just click one button and they like they do a crazy thing. So they either drop down like a million units or they throw a bomb at the like like a giant laser shoots at the enemy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or like so instead essentially if let's just say we take the same scenario from Age of Empires for a second, where you're playing that game, okay? Uh, and so Philip is having a tough time, he's like, I don't know how to build farms with them. But what they have instead for him, right? Like to make it a little more accessible is um I don't know, the God of War appears, okay? And he just has to click a button every two minutes and the God of War appears and, like, fights off for, like, a minute or, for, like, for 30 seconds is there and, like, fights off all the units and then disappears. Okay, Kratos shows up? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. No, okay, Zeus is everyone? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> or, or there's, like, 
rain of arrows that it just like clicks a button you know another timer that's set there and just clicks a button like a minute in and just a, a r bunch of arrows fall down okay so that's essentially what they did they're like we're gonna make a game mode that if someone plays rts they can just play the mission normally essentially but we're gonna add these like either super units or these like super spells essentially right that that makes it so someone who has no experience with rts can literally play around and just click those buttons and send like create these giant like you know mythical heroes or, or whatever to, to play that game mode and i think it's a way better design for co-op right it sounds like something i want to get thrashed on jack daniels and play <laughs> solo a hundred percent a hundred percent but i think that one is way better because it, it gets rid of that learning curve it means that someone who literally is failing at everything isn't building any villagers or any workers of any kind can literally just click a button have fun right or like let me let me send this spaceship all right let's just have this spaceship take out 300 units you know because why because that's cool right so uh i think i think they they did a really good job with that specifically and you have uh another thing is about like personalizing right i was, I was saying that a little bit of aoe right, right where wanted more story or whatever they don't necessarily have like the story aspect as tied in in, in the starcraft thing but they have um, you choose a commander, right? So these things that I said, like these drop-down things that they have, right, are related to, like, your commander, and there's, like, I think 12 of them. Um, the, some of them are behind a paywall, but most of them are free. It, it's their attempt of getting into that free-to-play market. But the point is, is, like, you have this commander, or you can actually level them up, like, if you play a bunch of these missions, right? So as you play more of these missions, they, like, level up, and you can, like, unlock other abilities and, or cool skins or whatever. Um, so they've created this whole little mini mode and you have this one commander that you're like, literally, yeah, here's a couple of different characters. Let me choose the one that I like. Right. And then you can identify with them and then they'll, they'll be the voiceover that's talking to you while you're doing the missions as well. So, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I like, I yeah. like little details like that, uh, which I went in and I installed Starcraft again to give it a shot. And I went in there and I'm like, oh, you can be like all these characters. It's not just like generic Marines or anything like that. Like, I was able to be the Brood Queen. And I'm like, yo, this is sick. You know, what's her name? Kerrigan or something Kerrigan, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, this is awesome. And then it drops you right into a co-op mission, like you said. And I haven't played the co-op, or not the co-op, the campaign. Mm -hmm. But I watched JP play through the whole thing when we were on, like, vacation way back when. And I'm like, dude, this is so cool. And I just, like, watched him play because I didn't know how to play at the time. And... Like, one mission that always stuck out to me was the one where, like, the sun is coming out, and it's just slowly going across the field, and it's like, hey, this planet's pretty rad, but if you're above ground, whenever the sun comes, you're gonna die, because the sun is, like, 900 degrees, and so there's just, like, a wall of molten sunlight just, like, cutting across the stage. It's like, we gotta get out of here. And so you're, like, fighting, I think, like, Zerglings along the way as you're trying to get your humans out of there. And that's not like the co-op mission I did. We ended up like the one I did was just like an escort mission where you're escorting um, like this ship that apparently can't defend itself and has no armor. And they will tell you it has no armor every time it gets hit. And I'm like, I'm on my way. But my co-op partner seems to be eating bricks in the corner. I don't know what he was doing, but like I ended up just like beating the whole mission by myself with my hero unit. And because like my little Zerglings were doing their thing too, you know, but I had fun. And that was with having limited contact where I literally said hello in chat to my co-op partner. No response. So I don't know if you AFK'd the whole time, but I had fun just playing the game. Like, I don't know if that's a good co-op review. I, I I think we can get into, like, I think StarCraft does campaigns a lot better, right? 
uh, the sounds, Age of Empires. It sounds more varied, at least. Well, okay, like I, I, I think there is no comparison because of like cutscenes. Like the quality of cutscenes in, in StarCraft alone, like blows away anything Age of Empires has done. You cross my fingers, AOE four. I think it's like the creative design, like a, like a, you wouldn't do that in Age of Empires. Like, there's an Earth. Actually, they could do it. A volcano, dude. A mission with a volcano where you're running cool. away from a volcano. Come on, come on. Uh, but I played that co-op mission. I'm sure that's happened once in history. <laughs> this is great because it it feels like the reason that StarCraft is so good is because yeah, they have those like quality of life or easy to access things that you kind of bring in. But on top of it, I think they're a lot more creative with the general campaign design. And so, like, you might not think of that necessarily in co-op, but it's like if you have a stronger like mission layout, right? You're gonna have a lot more fun with it, whether it's co-op or or single player. So, like, that adds a, another aspect to it. it. It's also kind of shitty because Age of Empires is bottlenecked a little bit, being a history-based RTS, where StarCraft is fantasy. It's like like a space opera, isn't it? Something like that. Or am I yeah. thinking? Is it? More I believe like they call it science fantasy. Science fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. I was in my head because I'm thinking like, well, I just got done playing the whole Mass Effect trilogy in like two weeks, so I'm a little stuck there. But I was thinking more like the only way I can visualize anything you guys are fucking saying so I can make sense of things is I'm thinking of Warhammer, and I do not even know anything about Warhammer either. I know the video game box art, and um, that's it really. And so, so I know what Space Marines look like. Okay, so there's Space Marines, and then there's the Flood, and then there's the Covenant. And they all don't like each other. You forgot and the that rats. Is... There's rats yeah. too. Oh no, not a Warhammer. This is in StarCraft. Oh. Yes, StarCraft is just Halo. You're good. Oh well, why didn't you guys say that at the beginning? I've been complaining about not knowing what the hell you guys are talking about the whole time. It's Halo. It's it's literally okay. Take Halo, okay, and just like you know, make some different creative choices or some alternative timeline, and you're there, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, some different other alien creatures, you know, slightly different alien creatures, but you're pretty much, yeah, you know. Uh, Which, while I'm thinking about it, <laughs> what's your favorite starter Pokemon? Mine? Of all time, yeah. Of no, no I changed my mind. Only Gen 1. I changed my mind. <laughs> Gen 1? Um, Don't mess this up. Squirrel. What about you, Philip? Squirtle Gang for Squirtle, life. Are we all Squirtle Gang right now? <laughs> Squirtle Dude, Gang. Dude, this fucking Squirtle Squad, he's got a fucking glasses. You see how cool fucking Squirtle is? Charmander's a little bitch baby sitting on his little tree stump. Crying Ooh. in the rain, ready to die. Everyone's <laughs> just resigned to death while Squirtle fights on. He got, he has He's in a tough situation. He, st- he started the Squirtle Squad and started terrorizing the town. Where, yeah. Anyway, StarCraft. <laughs> Which, you know, to bring that back... And actually, in the newest Pokemon, newest Pokemon Animu, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter, and what? they redid it. Yes, Score, so it's, it's a Fire Score Bunny. Bunny. Score Bunny, yes, Fire Bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Score like Great. Scorch, I think. Score Bunny, yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, like goal, <laughs> like Score Bunny. Okay, that makes so much sense. Rad. Talk about world building. Anyways, <laughs> so he starts, he has a gang of these, um, the foxes. I think they're called like Nickets or something. What are they called? I don't know. They're trying, you're, they're trying Wait. to reignite the Squirtle squad and it's not yes. going to work. Same thing. So there's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal 
what is it? I think like donuts or something like that, and he feeds it to like the foxes. How does he use it's, his soccer skills to steal donuts? Because he kicks he, it. He kicks it, and oh, the foxes yummy. catch it on their grabby tails because they have hands on their tails to grab and steal things. Like the monkey? And then they run off with the it. The monkey with the hand on his tail? Yes, just like the monkey. I yeah. don't even know what that guy's and, name is. Okay, the best part is, though, in the end, Scorebunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. But oh my Ash god, is like, Ash is still the main character of the fucking anime? Yes, where have you been? But so, <laughs> yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train, I'm leaving, Scorebunny. And Scorebunny's like... Is it because like, he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But Scorebunny's like, I get, you know, I got to stay here with my family. I got to protect my, my Nicket gang. And then Nicket Gang's like, no, you have a future. They're we are boys to, in the hood. They're trying to Squirtle Squad leave. and Bulbasaur, this fucking yes. thing. They're pushing him so yeah. hard. And what so, does the water he, guy do? This water guy better <laughs> cure diabetes or something. No, but it, it, this is the best part. So he's like, hey, uh, you know, Nickets, I can't leave. I'm Score Bunny. I got I to gotta kick things. And the, score, or the, the little Nicket, the little raccoon foxes are like, no, we kick things now. And they grab a soda can and they kick it up in the air and they each do these little awkward kicks and they kick it into a trash can and then they walk over and like their last little bit they like brush the dust off a score bunny and they're like, Go my son. Be with the one you love and then he gets on the train. Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. <laughs> yeah. But this has been my summary of the score bunny episode of Pokemon. Does he have to kick or he'll one? die? Is that no. what it is? <laughs> it's or something is... like that. Okay. Have I don't know seen... why he kicks. Have you seen the Pokemon? <laughs> if, it fall, if the soccer ball falls down, that it's like Charmander's tail. Yeah. <laughs> he just growing? he just closes his eyes and lays down. It's... <laughs> the that way he gets the Charizard in there too. The Char- the Charmander. Uh, have you oh, heard man. of the uh, the Spoink Pokemon? Yes, Spoink. If he stops bouncing, he dies. Uh so tragic. What are we Anyways, talking about? Starcraft 2. I guess Great. I guess to finish off this 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 Starcraft comment <laughs> on co-op. The one last thing and then maybe maybe uh maybe maybe you'll find this somewhat interesting is they have this other thing called Archon mode and it's just and I think it, it in sense is the essence of like how you could in- integrate RTS mm-hmm. into uh into a uh, co-op and it's pretty much hey listen you both have control of the same everything. And so uh, I think I think it's great because essentially it's like, yeah, if you have someone who's a little less experienced, what the more experienced player will do is create an army and then give it to the other person and be like, have fun. <laughs> so yeah. I actually think it's really nice in that, that aspect. It's like Tetris versus mode, but it's good. You know, uh, like I really do like <laughs> the idea of Archon mode where <laughs> two people get to the same army because this would be great for me and Nave where... Like, I was struggling, and he could literally, like, play the game for me. I would get very carried, but I don't think Nate would ever get to the point where I'm like, hey, I'm just going to demolish these buildings real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just start tearing out a few, a few buildings right after he builds them. Like, that, I think that's the only problem is where I would definitely start screwing with Nave after some point. Delete, delete, delete. Yeah, all delete. these things are superior. Yeah. It's like, hey, Nave, should we build some fishing boats? Delete all fishing boats. That's <laughs> It's like you don't even say anything. You just wait till they're doing something, and you just go to a then random move over. thing. Yeah. Just delete it real quick, and just keep going. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Where's my Where's my siege workshop? What, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Nate finishes building the wall in um, <laughs> in Age of Empires. Go over and just be like, delete. 
just like delete one section of the wall in the corner (laughs) and all of a sudden like a whole army of horses and everything just like squeezes through like they do like oh god or you don't say anything just go put a lumber workshop right next to his wall like up against it just dig a tunnel no but on a serious note i like that idea i do see where it could be a bit more competitive though because in games like league of legends your biggest competitor is your own team you know pvp yeah this is 2v2 pvp it, I'm sure there's AI stroke? modes. What? what have we been talking about just now? Okay, we talked about Allied Commanders. That's the game mode where you have a hero unit, and you have your army, and you guys team up to take down some story missions, right? Yeah, that's the first thing. Now, this is... That's not what we're talking about anymore. This thing no. called Archon Mode, where it, it's essentially... and like Forget about the commanders for a second, okay? There's another thing in StarCraft where it's like, you both essentially get to uh, get to play one thing, like... An RTS game at the same time. You both control everything. So, so I, so what you're saying is that whole support thing I was talking about. You, we can just do that. We I, can I'm, actually I'm do, do that, that in Starcraft in Arkham mode. Yes. <laughs> Why did we even play Rage of Empires then? Why didn't we just play Starcraft two? It sounds like what I, I wanted. I told you to install it, and you never did. Well, you know what? Oh yeah, because I'm like, you need to put in the Blizzard installer, and you're like. I gotta do the Blizzard installer. <laughs> For all the Age of Empires listeners who are still here at this point somehow, you know, despite what I said in the first 10 minutes of the show, um, I will say Age of Empires, way better 1v1 game. All right, continue. That's my appeasing them. I really like Star Well, we're not competitive. I do, I do love so. Age of Empires. <laughs> yeah, I can't really speak on that. But yes, Nave. Yeah, you can do your idea in, in StarCraft, yes, essentially. Okay. I was like trying to fucking get the hamster back in the fucking wheel for a second. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. So I could just kind of be the e-commerce, and I'm just like giving you whoever you need, and I'm like, okay, go fucking do. But of course, you guys are still sharing resources, though. You don't have to share. Well, yeah, but that's the point. I mean, it's built in. Yeah. Essentially, you don't have to even trade it. It's just you'll build the units for them. You go a step further. You don't have to build any buildings. Just have fun with the units I give you. All right. Yeah, but then what's stopping one, you know, grandmaster with nine thousand actions per second or whatever the metric is, just like playing basically a whole team by themselves? So that's what I do. I give him all the units, and he fucking wins the game for me. And I'm uh, like, I did something. It's like playing Soraka in League of Legend or Sona. But what if they did the base management and you know, like, what if you just didn't get to play? If someone's so much better than you that you don't get to play, actually, it's funny you mention it. Red Bull did like a tournament, like a like a tournament with like a whole bunch of. I think there was at some point they, they had like pros essentially playing with each other like this. And so the mm-hmm. better pro would essentially just be like, don't touch anything. Yeah. That's and I'll the give meta. you a small squad so we can do like, I, it was essentially what ended up happening is like the per- player that was slightly worse would get like two small squads and they can just focus on microing. So that was the biggest difference. It's like your individual movement that, if you're if you're doing like economy and military, you can't really do both as well. So essentially, they'd be like, yeah, you you just you just worry about the fighting, um, or even more specifically, you worry about the really small like you know, you can be really efficient with like these like ten units. While I'll I'll make this big army and attack on the main base, and you can just keep distracting them. So that's kind of how their solution to that. So you're I guess the solution would be if you're so much better than the person you're playing with. Um, you you uh, you give them a little squad and be like, do whatever you want with this. I'll just win the game. <laughs> but at least they get to play around with that squad and try to do interesting stuff. So said, hey, you get to win the tournament. How does that sound? Just here's your squads. Go go. Have Which fun Nave, you kind of talked about on a uh, back when we talked about two headed giants on our action stack episode. 
when you were like, oh, I know how we can win this. And you would bully your teammate. I was in a... <laughs> saying, like, here's what you play. Yeah. Well, my teammate was my friend. That wasn't a stranger, though. But <laughs> my teammate was clearly, like, he was like, I know you're better at this than me. Build my deck. And I'm like, okay, here's our decks. This is how they interact. I'm going to help you kill them. All right? I'm just going to stop them from playing, and you're going to kill them. I basically do what I do in League of Legends, which is play a CC tank and stop them from... That's my favorite thing to do, is stop people from doing anything. Which you can't really... Can you do that in RTSs, really? Besides just blowing their shit up and, and killing them naturally? There's no denial, uh, There's no one there? button to, to win the game, is what you're telling me? Yeah, there's no... Yeah. Um, I think the closest thing to stop people from doing anything is, like... Like, in Age of Empires, the equivalent would be, like, you know, building a bunch of castles around some space, right? Or something like that, right? Where it's, like, you literally can't... You know, unless you have, tra unless you have traps, you can't do anything, right? In Age of Empires, it might be, like, a, a, a siege tanks, right? You just have a million siege tanks that are just, like... You know, it, it becomes a tower defense game. Um, there's no real... <laughs> I mean, I, I think, in general, a lot of people have gone away from that idea of stuff that can hard stop things. Like, there, there's effects that slow down, but, like, they've even... Like, there was... Uh, in StarCraft, there was uh, Infester, right? This unit that would just send this green goo and just make your units freeze there on the spot. But they eventually got rid of it and just made it slow people down. But that was probably the equivalent. If you're thinking of things that where you click one button and it stops stuff, yeah, you could trap a whole army in one spot and then surround it by, like, this one button. And you just said... It was it was like a mini game. Can you can you shoot the green green ball of... Oh, goo and, and the and one it. skill shot. You gotta <laughs> land. Yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially, and so the, the but you're instead of dodging with one unit, you're dodging with like fifty. So there's even if you miss, you still hit like four of them. <laughs> you're like, yeah. was it worth it? Yeah, because it's a cooldown and there's MP. So anyway. All right, well, Nave, since you didn't play StarCraft too, since whenever we went back for co-op reviews, who do you think did a better StarCraft or Age of Empires? I'm gonna have to say StarCraft is really looking better and better the more you guys have talked about it. Speci specifically co-op yeah i am um, sorry I, I feel like i butted in i did that that host thing no you're good, no, talked over you're good. <laughs> well that's true because we are we are just talking about this the co-op stuff because i don't think i've ever played starcraft before so i wouldn't know because age of empires will always have a spot in my heart i'll always play age of empires so uh as far as starcraft is concerned because we could revisit starcraft and like just have a specifically a starcraft episode okay but if if you are going to do it, I feel like you need, like, you know, 20 episode break. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are like, I'm good for Star A lot of RTS for, chat. For RTS. Yeah. I'm good with RTS for 20 episodes. We have been a little abstract with this one. So I would disagree and say I actually had more fun in Age of Empires. Interesting. But mostly because it was just silly. Like, StarCraft was like, oh, we built our units. I didn't. I just said hello to my other co-op partner. No reply. And then we won the game. And I'm like... All right, I guess this is StarCraft. Meanwhile, I'm in this whole new medieval world with my farmers and my scout that died after basically like six minutes of me walking him around the edge of the map to find nothing but until he found the enemy and then died. And I'm like, yes, I'm having fun here. The main thing... Well, go on. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I, I, I think that's a great point that I've now been like analyzing, you know, being like very analytical and blah, 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 right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, there's only one thing that really matters in any of these, like, co-op things, right? And it's like, which game did you have more fun with? Yeah. What did you have more fun with? And that, that's the only thing that matters with video games in a lot of sense. Like, if, especially if you're just going to play them once or twice, right? What's more fun, right? Um, and I think you make a great point that I think anyone who hasn't played and loves that kind of medieval world, 
they could totally be engrossed. Like this could be a good entryway, and and maybe I think maybe as well as if they have your temperament, um, then maybe they like, hey, I'm throwing you into chaos and let's see what happens, as opposed to you know, especially if, yeah, maybe like medieval stuff as well. So like that that kind of combined and made a really nice thing for you. Which I think yeah. you were saying. I don't know if we were. This is off the air. If it was in a podcast, you were saying that you like high fantasy more than you like the space stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take Wizards over space stuff any day. Like, give me Dragon Age over, um, what was the other game? Mass Effect. Yes, space dating sim. Yeah. Um, High Fantasy is a lot more associated with, you know, being older. Even if you can really play with the tropes of High Fantasy, you know, with people having, like, kind of more modern technologies, but it's still elves and dwarves and shit and dragons and everything. I think that stuff's fun. Like, Like Vermintide. You know, when you're playing Warhammer Vermintide, mm-hmm. you've got, like, Gatling guns and shit, but you also have people running around with spears and bows and arrows and everything. And I think that that's really interesting, uh, something to play around with. But it's almost always associated with this older time. And whereas this all the space stuff, obviously, it's, like, futuristic because we, we haven't gone to space yet. And whenever we start talking about StarCraft, it makes me wonder why I... Because I am more towards the space stuff. And so... It makes me wonder why I never tried StarCraft before, mostly probably because Age of Empires just got to me first. Age of Empires has always been the original, you know, that for me. Age of Empires 2, I mean. Because Age of Empires 1, I tried to play, and I'm like, holy shit, I want to play it too, please. <laughs> God. That was the problem with Star Wars, because I was like, oh, Star Wars, uh, Galactic, whatever the fuck I talked about, I'm, I need. I feel like I need to... Is it pulled up right now? And Nope. Yes, Football Empire Manager. War. Football Manager's pulled up. Um, nice. Star Wars, whatever. I was like, I love, I love this game, but it's not Age of Empires for some reason. Like, there's some little different details that are like, I wish I could do this, and so I would always just go back and play. Like, I would play Command and Conquer, and every time I'd start playing Age of Empires 2 again. I mean, I don't think that anything really else needs to be said as far as my pick, opinion of the game is concerned. I think that speaks enough. Like, every time I go to something, it always goes back to Age, and that's... I... Yeah. Help me. Save me. No, 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 no worries. <laughs> no, you uh, got it. Keep going. I I really, I think that's so interesting because, you know, why why is there such a maybe fall in the military style RTS genre now in general is because I feel like the games have gotten to, I mean, I wouldn't say peak, but it, they've, they've kind of gotten to, to something that is a semblance of most optimal that they will be, right? Um, and like they've been uh, solved. Like they've been the the mainstream version of the game has been solved, right? I think it's very hard to make like like the typical mainstream thing, right? Which is Age of Empires versus StarCraft, um, again, right? And I think when it happens to RTS is you don't really, I don't think you can really play multiple RTS games if that makes sense, right? Like I, mm. my. I guess relationship with StarCraft now, if that makes sense, is I'll hop on every couple months and then my memory somehow, you know, there's some like connections that are happening in my memory and I'm able to somehow still play decently a couple games and I have fun and then I'm done, right? But right now, like when it comes to Age of Empires, it's like it's still a new thing that I'm learning, so I'm really enjoying that process and stuff. Um, But I can't really be both focused on Age of Empires and on StarCraft at the same time. Like it's very hard for me to do that. Um, I think co-op is nice because especially like it's for starcraft that's something you can try once and never try again right it's a free-to-play game and like the first commanders are free so like you can literally you know that could be a fun one night thing and never try again which is great um but another thing i think is big and i i didn't realize that i made this switch right um yeah but 
for me, I actually had the same inclination as you when it came to space stuff and RTS, right? Um, I don't think I got into... The only reason I got into StarCraft was literally because of, of a tournament that I watched. I think it was an MLG tournament, like a big MLG tournament. There was all this hype and... I mean, it also helped that a friend of a friend was, like, a top 30 NA player, so he, like, once showed me, like, playing, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is so cool. Like, he does all these things. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that, Those announcers I, are crazy. Yeah, announcers and, you know, the fact that, like, my friends were playing it, I think that very much helped me get in, get through that first barrier because when you first see it, you don't really get it as much intuitively as, as Age of Empires. Age of Empires, you look, you're like, knights, armies, I'm in. I got it. I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh starcraft with the it has three races and conceptually it's actually not that difficult to get into right but someone who has never played the game before will look at the screen and be like i don't know what's going on you know what i mean so so, so, but that's the point right like there's all these units right but it's like imagine if they just took every league of legends character and threw them on the screen at the same time right like that's a like it's not exactly but equivalent but it's like that's a lot of information to take in it's really hard to hurdle to get through that um, needs to be a rotating game mode. <laughs> um, oh yeah, control all the you know, League of Legends units. The League of Legends RTS. That's what I want. I mean, they made an <laughs> FPS game, so anything anything can happen now, right? Um, yeah. But the... Yeah, I, I think that's very much a big jump that I had. And then, by the way, that, that one thing, that one tournament that I watched, I thought it was the coolest like finals ever. It turns out there's like... They essentially agreed on the result at the end because they're on the same team, so it didn't really matter who won. And there's probably some betting having to do. anyway it was there's a whole conspiracy with Arda, which i think is great i think it's great when like my thing that got me into it because there's all these nukes going off and it was like the craziest game was a predetermined game that like essentially people knew who was going to win before or like everyone everyone knew it was rigged that like watched it but for me who's watching it for the first time i thought it was really cool um so i think that's amazing uh, kind of side tangent for me yeah going back to age of empires right I think another reason that I think it's maybe hard to make a transition from one to the other necessarily is that even though they are military style RTS games, they, when you start playing them, you kind of feel very similar, especially DE with the Finn of Edition, like especially that they added a lot of quality of life things that StarCraft did to Age of Empires, which just made Age of Empires better. I think what you realize is how you think about the game has to be completely different. And so making that switch from one to the other is significantly harder right starcraft it's like you can get into a game and you can win the game within the first two minutes three minutes in age of empires there's a slower build and there's almost a very set linear beginning of the game for most civilizations civilizations in in age of empires play very similarly in general starcraft is specifically three civilizations that play completely differently if you ever try starcraft i'm gonna say right now if you're going from age of empires please play terran like just do yourself that favor okay because it's the most... Is that the humans? That's the humans. Yeah. It's the most similar... Okay. The most boring. It's the most boring, but it's also the most <laughs> similar to what you're used to. Okay? Because if you try to play the other two, you're you're done. You're in the wa- deep end, and you're not going to know <laughs> what's going on. Okay? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to say about the humans they do have, though, uh, the flamethrower units, whenever they die, they say, my goose is getting cooked. <laughs> and I always thought that was so funny. And I There's... still say it. There's some fun stuff like uh like yeah, it's about damn time. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. And like in Warcraft 3 whenever you select a peon as the humans and they go uh they're like job's done. And I just think about that all the time. <laughs> we found a witch, can we burn her? And I'm like I just 
All right. Now, is there anything you want to cover before we move on to our closing? We've been going for a minute. Listen, yeah. everyone, everyone's once said, like, you know, I think I think anyone who's listened to my shows knows that I'll mention StarCraft from time to time. Even, in fact, in the official drinking game, it is one of the things. If, if you hear StarCraft, it's time, okay? So, um, <laughs> I, I think people were like, yeah, why don't you ever do a StarCraft thing? And it's like, I am, like, as much as I love to, uh, that is so far out of my depth of, there's so many more established people, right? It's not even like a scene I really wanted to enter into. So this is the closest thing that I think you'll ever get to a uh, a StarCraft episode. So I, I I personally, you know, regardless of what the listeners think, uh, my listeners, sorry, that that might be yeah. coming over. Uh, I'm hoping your listeners will enjoy it. But regardless of the any 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 crossovers that happen, uh, I definitely enjoyed being here. So <laughs> oh, good. We really enjoyed why you. Don't we, why don't we have a drinking game? What? Take a drink. I said, why don't we have a drinking game? Uh, every time Nav starts a new subject that's completely irrelevant to uh, the current topic at hand, that's the drink. That's my dr- that's my first one. There you go. Every time one of us says it's on the list. It's on the list, drink. too. Oh, nice. Every time yep. Philip says, so, Nave, <laughs> take a and drink. It just pauses. Oh, you're set. You're set. You got three things. There it is. You're already dead of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, at that point, just turn the pot off. Just go to bed. <laughs> All right. So, you're from ASAP Weekly, Pokemon, ASAP Weekly. Let him say. Let him say right. it properly. Yeah, it'd be it'd be easier if you say it. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like reading off the list, and I'm like, wait, what am I saying? The official name. I'm putting quotations okay. up here. Um, or the, the official, the the business name is the ASAP Weekly Network. That's what I that's what I went with. Why did I go with network? Because you know I feel like it's YouTube 2000 and like nine. Um, but <laughs> maybe that was my inspiration. Um, where there's networks for everything but um i have three podcasts pokemon age of empires and rock league so any of those specific games uh if you're interested in um you can probably just put asap weekly before them you will find uh you find it although is that all one word yeah one word asap weekly Uh, thank you thank you i it's it's a constant fight i have with my community as to uh they keep putting the space, and uh, you know I'm the dictator that keeps squashing their the rebellious voices. Good catch. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's one word ASAP weekly. Um, if anyone's curious as to how that started, if you're not, then maybe maybe I should just leave it and be like, nah, I'm not going to explain how how why it's ASAP. I'm uh, sure they can go back to your show and find out. Yeah, we're yeah. never going to explain why we're gaming together. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> a, there's some deep lore. Every letter pod. stands for something. Figure it out. It's a giant acronym. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right. So you uh, do you have you have a Twitter and a Patreon? You want to plug those? Uh, I don't have any fucking root beer. I'll just, I'll just plug the Twitter. It, it's literally, I think at ASAP Weekly, A S A P, and then Weekly as in the week, as not 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 as in like you're not strong, but as in the the space of time that is around seven days. <laughs> gotcha. Are they spelled differently? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh. It, well, if weekly, as in you're not strong, would be spelt with an A. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if if you do want to join our Discord or, or Patreon, all this stuff is on the Twitter. So we post our shows regularly there. Big idiot moment. Whenever you said not weekly, I thought you were talking about like the different ways of spelling not, like with a K, and I was so confused. I'm like, what is happening right now? I'm having a brain stroke. <laughs> <laughs> the, as opposed to an arm stroke k-n-o-t <laughs> yeah like i'm like and you're like one has an a in it i'm like what is happening and i'm like a knot i think that's like a speed i don't think it's a, a time measurement is that gaelic what are we talking about yeah like 
Anyways, uh, brain farts aside. Not all of us are sailors. <laughs> I feel I like there's a tie into American Hi-Fi here, but I'm not going to mention it. No? Okay. That, that was a deep cut joke. If anyone got it, at me on Twitter. Uh, I don't know that one. So we actually have some mailer feedback this week. Surprise. They're nonsense. So, but we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. This first one, uh, I'll go ahead and read it. It's from Defcon, who we mentioned in our Left 4 Dead episode. We read his review on Left 4 Dead on the air. Did and we? Yeah, we did. It was Defcon's? Okay. Yeah, you read it yourself uh, with your own mouth. <laughs> so he mailed in. Uh, Defcon's a friend from the past. I mean, I guess he's still a friend today. Yeah, he's gone now. No, he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him like a week ago. And he said he liked the pod. And he said he was going to ride in. And this is about Shadow, our guest. He says, I don't know about this guy. How can you trust a man who pays $10 for a backpack in a game and then loses it? You know, that's, that's true, Defcon. We're never going to take that in consideration on our future guest. We're actually going to delete the Left 4 Dead episode because it, it tarnished his reputation so badly. Yes. We don't want to be associated with that. Have you ever bought a DLC backpack in a game and then lost it? Is, is that even possible? Like, is that... It is I... apparently... Because we've been hearing about this for like eight years. I don't even know what game is it. Was it Daisy or Infestation Survivor Stories? Is what's. Oh, what yeah. I don't know if it got renamed again, but it used it to was be one of those like War Z or something. Zombie survival games that had microtransactions. Those ten dollars were worth it just for these stories alone. So there you go. He got eight years. <laughs> eight years no, of stories. Shut up about it. From ten dollars, <laughs> like think about the you know cost benefit analysis of that. There you go. And I guess they were colluding, because then Shadow sent in his own message following this one that says, whoever sent the other feedback message is lying. Don't listen to him unless he said something about doing an episode on Saintro. Then I agree. Dash Shadow. I love how he signed his own email when I could read his email address. But whatever. <laughs> well, I, I just, it's like, unfortunately no one else wrote in because then we would have had to sandwich it that other writing between them <laughs> yeah. so shadow was talking about them instead but um i should have just made up a write-in and man that's a missed opportunity just edit something in and we'll all laugh at it together all right everybody on three three two one uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all that's right awesome so next episode probably gonna be pso2 maybe fancy star online 2 i don't know we got another we got another guest appearance tomorrow, and we have no idea when these episodes are going to come out, but they're going to be coming out next week, the week after, the week after that, then another week. Yeah, it's, it's then another week. I feel like at this point you could just like cut it up into four episodes, you know? <laughs> yeah, just keep it going. Part one, two, three, four, in case you need to make a backlog. Anyway, All right. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. You want to take us out? Me? I've never. Have I taken us out ever? Yeah. Remember, I made fun of you for it when you did it. What? That makes me not want to do it even more. Just don't mess it up. All right, we're leaving. I'm no, leaving right now. Bye-bye. All right, I'll Have do it. Have a good day. Um, Get out of my house, please. This has been Gaming Together. Thank you so much for joining us today, co-op partners. Hopefully we can play a game next time. See ya. Stop saying... Ugh, bye. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, you this can say bye. This is where you bye say bye. Anymore. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you good, Rob? Need water, pee break. I tell my guests, you know, we're like two hours in. I'm like, yeah, no breaks. <laughs> Dude, that's savage. You're good. I just Piss walk your off. pants. I'm I don't know if you notice. <laughs> I just go away whenever I need Dude, to. Dude, on the fly line, there's no bathrooms or anything. So anytime the new guys are like, Sergeant Beatty, when, when, or can I go to the bathroom? It's like, just piss your pants like everyone else.
Go get the toolbox. And we're back. <laughs> yeah.